Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Brooklyn and joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? You're abroad in Brooklyn. I'm here in New Zealand. So how about that? It's just, it's just a matter of perspective. It's fine. We've covered this before. If you want me to be abroad in Brooklyn, then you can start. You've done All this right. before. Next time. If you will, Next time. All right. I'll hold you to it. All right. Um, we might be taking... No, no. Because I'll be back. We could do another Sunday recording. Never mind. We're recording this on a Sunday. This is very unusual. You're Sunday off. in New York. Uh, Monday in New Zealand. Right. Because you can. Because you're off. Yeah. Because I'm not working right now. And uh, everything's fine. This is planned time off. Charge the batteries before making the final year push on something very ridiculous. So <laughs> I'll leave it at that. And uh, yeah, that's what this breaks for. So it's good. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Exciting stuff. Looking yeah. forward to seeing some ridiculous stuff. Always do. Yeah. Always do. Speaking of ridiculous, I need to talk to you. I sent you the picture of what I made for breakfast yesterday for my grandmother's birthday. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> Now, I, I didn't comment because I don't even know where to start with this. Of like, is this even? Can you consider this breakfast? Um, again, it's a matter of perspective, right? Like, how would you define breakfast? The definition of breakfast, definition something of that breaks your fast, which is sleepest, which is a meal eaten in the morning, the first of the day. By that definition, yes, this was breakfast. Okay. Now, what was it? You might say, why did this happen? Why did I do this? So first of all, I, it was, uh, it was my grandmother's birthday yesterday. Um, does your and, grandmother have a sweet tooth as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just asking, I mean, cause I don't know whether or not she's she, just giving them stuff and they're just like, God, there's all the sugar this boy eats. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if she likes this it as well. This is not a normal like, thing. Yeah. This is not a normal thing. This is. You keep saying that. And yet I've seen more pictures of you with sweet stuff. Weekends. Because I'm not going to take a picture of uh, of grape nuts in oat milk. That's not. Should I do that? You want me to start sending you pictures of you that? You know what? I, apparently, grape nuts aren't very good anymore. Like they changed the formula. What do you mean they we don't taste good? They never before. tasted good. <laughs> grape nuts. Or they're not good fine. for you. No, like I think they taste fine. I mean, I don't know how good they are for you either. Like, there's probably a bunch of sugar in grape nuts. There's not. Um, no added sugar. Is there not? Nope. No added sugar. Hmm. It's just like cardboard and fiber like it it tastes like it's designed to make you shit better like that let's that's see. what grape nuts is let's see how much sugars in grape nuts like it is i don't coarse. believe you let's see there's no added sugar so this thing that i'm seeing here says it's 220 calories this is post grape this is from postconsumerbrands.com this is yep. post grape nuts yes this says there's 220 calories per half a cup and there's 38 grams of carbohydrates, 4 grams that are fiber. There are 12 grams of total sugars, including 9 added sugars. Wait a minute. Are you looking at grape nuts or grape nut flakes? Oh, that's a good question. I just went to Google Images. <laughs> so let me see what this actually... Uh... No, this is grape nuts. This is the original... Let's see. Original grape nuts. 200 calories. Oh, wait. Nope. You're right. I'm reading the wrong one. Apologies. Were you reading so, the flakes? Yeah, I was reading the flakes. Yeah, the flakes are good, but flakes that's got why, a lot of sugar. They got added sugar. They got some added sugar to it. Exactly. All right. Well, look, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, this is good. You got lots of fiber, 47 grams of total carbohydrates, not not a lot of protein. You got six grams of protein. But you know what? For a balanced meal, if you eat half a cup, it's not do you measure out a half a cup or you just do what I do, which is pour half the box into the bowl. <laughs> they do have a small box. It's not half the box, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, the cereal box, it's it's, it's two, two, two bowls for a grown man. It's two two grown man bowls, which is why I can't buy cereal. <laughs> 
It is. It is. It just <laughs> is. Two mixing bowls. That's that's how I eat cereal. I eat it out of a mixing bowl. Except yeah, of course. Who doesn't? Which grown man doesn't eat cereal out of a mixing bowl? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, well, that's the thing. But when you're dealing with grape nuts, it's the one cereal that you wouldn't fill a bowl with or you're not tempted to because it's so dense. It's like filling it up. Like everything. The reason why that box is so small is because that, that whole thing is filled with these little specks of of cardboard. Like that's what it is. It's not like it's not like if you get flakes, there's a lot of air in between those flakes sure so they're, they're you can't up. make that right so when you fill a bowl yeah yeah i'm filling a mixing bowl if i'm eating something like frosted flakes or any other like sugary cereal delicious stuff that's going to have a lot of space in between the pieces but in this case no because you're <laughs> you're it's not like you could crush this down and get less it's like no you are basically eating this like coarse dense thing i don't know why it exists like who, who thought this is a good idea it's like you, you you made it with the intent that all right we made something healthy ish yeah. simple shit anyway point is wow you can uh put grape nuts in and make a hot chorizo meal out of grape nuts did you know this okay I'm on yeah, post brand post consumer brands website that's interesting you add a little texture get a little crunch avocado chorizo cilantro lime juice scallions tomatoes and grape nuts wow Sounds like they're really trying to push this grape nut thing a little <laughs> further than it should go. Because yeah. you could also, I bet that would taste just as good without grape nuts. <laughs> so hot, so you can get some grape nuts, bacon, egg, and kale. It's on here. Mm-hmm. You can have uh, leeks and mushrooms with grape nuts. So it looks like grape nuts is quite the versatile tool here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess it, it's just like another form of, like they, on the box, they talk about a, uh, like a grape nut parfait. So they're just kind of substituting granola for sure. grape nuts. Sure. Fair but granola is better, but that's also because granola is a bunch of sugar as well. Yeah. And it's mostly. got nuts in it. And yeah, granola's good. Exactly. Um, anyway, the point is what I did was I made a, let's see, I made a streusel topped babka French toast with a side of mascarpone whipped cream. And that's what I made. And it was um, it was something else. I, I've never done any of those things before other than the French toast bit. But I never I never made a babka French toast. So I made I, I got the best babka that I've ever had. Now, from babka, for bakery. those who don't know, is just a is a type of bread, right? It's like bread is swirls in it. It is like woven bread. Yeah. Okay. And within that weave is in this one, at least chocolate. And Nutella. Okay. <laughs> sure. So I was very stealthy about this. I didn't tell them that this was going to be. It was meant to be a surprise. I knew they were going to love it because they love that babka specifically. And, you know, there's really, what's there not to like? And I cut it at night. I, I cut it like at night when everybody went to sleep. I Because you got you to gotta stale out the, the bread a little bit before you make sure. a French toast. Because that's uh, otherwise when it absorbs the custard, it'll start to fall apart. So you got to cut those in like inch slices like that. And I, you know, you eyeball that, you know, I'm, I'm not there with a ruler mainly because I didn't have a ruler. And uh, yeah, you, you cut that, I cut that thing up. I made, uh, ended up making eight slices of it. And next morning, you soak that in the, in the French toast custard, the, the streusel topping never made that before. That is probably the most egregiously terrible thing in this dish. 
because yeah, and it just looks like sugar. It looks like you put a bunch of sugar on top of French toast is what it looks like. So here are the ingredients to a streusel. (laughs) All right. To streusel topping. It is brown sugar, white sugar, flour, and butter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That'd do it. And uh, yeah, so you, you, it makes like this kind of crumbly thing. So you, you basically fork the butter into the, into the shrews, into those, uh, into the dry ingredients. Then it kind of all crumbles together. Um, so that was that. The whipped cream was amazing. Best whipped cream. I've made whipped cream before. This is the best whipped cream I've ever made. It was unbelievable. Really good. Never made a mascarpone uh, whipped cream. Never even bought mascarpone in a in his grocery store. Didn't know where it was. Didn't even know how to say it. I uh, googled how to say it. Is there an actually? Uh, do you actually pronounce the e? Yeah, yeah, mascarpone. Yeah, I don't know if it was mascarpone. Gonna... If it had a bit of a Italian flair to it, but nope. it's yeah. Uh, even if it did, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that. I feel like that would be um, insensitive because I'm not Italian. No. So I'm not, and I don't even like it when Italian. I was actually watching uh, Jim Jeffries latest stand-up special on netflix it was okay the best part about it was the last five minutes his uh that joke but it was it was entertaining and he said that his most hated group of people are italian americans because they just switch their <laughs> accents on a dime yes. <laughs> he's like they don't they don't commit it's like just just pick one don't just all sort of get something something it's like no <laughs> no uh so yeah didn't didn't know where that was had to find that worked with it and I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. You know, I'm not a not a huge cheese guy, but goddamn, this whipped cream was something else. Something else. And by the way, I sent you that picture. Not everything was consumed. We didn't completely uh, it wasn't complete gluttony. Um so the had a bunch of leftover whipped cream, which, you know, my grandmother loved it. So she demanded we we save it. You could refrigerate it. That was fine. And uh and we and there was four of us that ate breakfast and we, ha- and we consumed six of the eight slices of the babka, uh, French toast. I had two slices because I am a monster. And <laughs> it was, so you could do the math. I ate more than anybody else, but it was delicious. Yeah. Fair enough. So I recommend it. If you, uh, if you really want to pig out and have just sweet on sweet on sweet, the reason I decided to do a mascarpone, whipped cream one because when i was talking to my friend she was like yeah you should maybe try that and i said okay that's a good idea uh and i said that that could be good because it's like a little bit more savory with the cheese no first step of that thing was like all right put a cup and a half or a cup and a quarter of powdered sugar and i was like oh my god you want <laughs> powdered powdered sugar is like the grape nuts of sugar where it's like there's no space in between the grains it's just packed in there <laughs> yeah yeah real efficient but it's smooth and damn, maybe that's why it tasted so good. So that was super sweet. Yeah, so it was basically sugar on sugar on sugar. And uh, yeah, it was it was great. It was one of the most delicious things I've ever made in my life. Probably the most delicious thing huh. ever. Cool. Um, so yeah, um, check it out. If uh, if I had the means to ship you a babka, you could do it yourself. And I don't think I don't think I can do that. No, babka I'm might good. Have, my babka might have COVID. Yeah, yeah, babka, and it might not make the travel. It might get axed by the government here <laughs> that's true that's true they, they'll put it in quarantine for two weeks. yes they'll put the bread in quarantine and by then it'd be just stale enough for you to do french toast that's that's true that's a good point so maybe i should do that because it'd be perfect <laughs> by the time it comes it'd be the perfect the perfect you know staleness to freshness ratio yeah otherwise if you are a french toast person you just get a brioche or a, or a challah bread and you do the same stuff i, I 
I, I know I've mostly been talking about pancakes in my uh, in my uh, weekend uh, breakfast making adventures, but I got to say I've also perfected the art of making brunch style French toast, and it's very easy. Have you tried to go the waffle route? Right, that is the third option in this. I don't have an iron. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so I do like a waffle. I do. And I feel like a waffle is just, it's the same pancake batter, right? It's just the same batter, just you throw that in iron yes. and it crisps up. Because I wonder, now that you say that, I do wonder if I take the Clinton Street recipe and throw that in an iron. Because one of the things is that I found with these pancake recipes is a lot of it is thinking about how you get it kind of fluffed up. But is that, that doesn't really matter with waffles. No. So. Waffle, you just have to make sure you don't burn it. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I I can investigate. I can. Invest. You're a waffle guy, right? I am. Out of the three, I think waffles are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Out of the three, and is it's there tough, any right? other because sweet breakfast that we're not considering here? So, if the trio is pancakes, waffles, crepes. French toast, am I crepes missing anything? The fourth, crepes. It's kind crepes. of all right. Fair enough. I guess I, those are like pancake adjacent. Well, so I mean, waffles are pancakes and yeah, fancy but the, iron, so. all right, fine. So you got four of those things. All right, so what's your again? Order? If you really want to get fancy, start try start making crepes. That's the that's how you know you've hit that next level because not only can you do sweet, you can also transition it over to savory. Yeah, but you know me, I'd be like, I want to throw some sweet shit in this. I'm not, of I don't course, want yeah. But if you can make a good base, then you're far ahead of the game there. Like I don't sure. like that's a if you're going down this journey, being able to make the perfect. Crepe goes a long way, but the crepe is has it has to be a little different because you're it's the opposite of pancakes because you're it's the opposite of pancakes in that you're not trying to make them fluff you got to make them flat yes you're trying to make them so flat. by and I guess there's probably so more all these egg rules I'm learning well. everything um yeah. everything I'm learning is kind of going out the window slightly it's a little bit of a twist but that's I mean that's how you sort of learn how to understand the perfect consistency out of what you're what you're putting together here so that's a good point so what's your ranking of of the four. Oh, the four? Oh, I and I know your egg. savory stuff goes first. You like your eggs. You like your Yeah, egg. but I haven't had a crepe in, I mean, I haven't crepe in, what, a decade? Last time I had a crepe? Like, I wouldn't, you know what? Last time I had crepes was actually when we when we went to Vegas for that first hockey tournament. How long ago was that? Oh, man. That was like eight years ago? Yeah. So nine eight years, years ago? ago was the you last time. You were in time. LA, so it, would, it had to be seven almost or eight years Almost nine a year? Yeah, almost seven, eight, nine years ago. So yeah, that's the last time I had a crepe. Because when you go to Vegas, that's when you get crepes. You get the guy with the hat. You say, hey, make me something I can't make at home, buddy. Um, sure. So yeah, if I were to rank that? it, yeah, waffles first. Okay. Ugh, this is tough. A good pancake is 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 unbeatable. So, it, but again, a good pancake. You, there's a lot of bad pancakes out there. So, pancakes are number two. There are a lot of bad pancakes. French toast is number three because I feel like when you know a bad French toast, it's like it's a little too runny. It's a little. You taste too much of the egg, and I, I'm you know I'm an egg person, but like when you taste too much of the egg, it's yeah, but like you want a French toast. You didn't want egg. Yes, and look, the first two can be made without eggs, arguably. Some people would say that's that's monstrous, but you can, right? So French toast you can't make without eggs. So that's three. And then again, crepes are four just because it's like I've had good crepes, but it's like it's more like one of these fancy, you know, pinky up desserts or pinky up meals because you don't – when have you ever gotten full off of a crepe, right? Like you don't – you can get full off a stack of pancakes. You can't get full off of a crepe. I've had something that was – yeah, I guess. It's all about what's inside of it and how many they give you. Yes. 
Yeah, because normally you get like just two, and it's like all right, like whatever. It's a little, it's a little, yeah. a little taste of something. Right. Um, so yeah, so th- that's my ranking between the four. I, th- I think I can name your ranking. I think I can guess your ranking. Well, guess because it might surprise you. French toast, pancakes, waffles, crepes. Yep. All right, you nailed it. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I know you well enough, man. I've known you long enough. <laughs> but I, I do like, I do like a crepe. Um, the crepes are very are very versatile because I do like a good dessert crepe. I know but for you, breakfast, Look, I've, there's, I've something, there's something about breakfast that I just yeah, that's true. I've traveled literally around the world finding sweet stuff with you. <laughs> like it's not even an exaggeration at this point. Now, if the crepe is in crepe cake form, but that's not what we're talking about, that's something else. Yeah, like because again, it's hard to name your sweets because your sweets are a bit off the board. Like I don't know how much of a cake guy you are, like, and you're not much of a pie guy either. Oh, you I like, love pie. I love yeah. one of my one of my one of my uh, guilty pleasures. I don't know if you knew this about me. One of my guilty pre- pleasures is shitty pie. Really? Like I like I like a I, it's I like a shitty pie, and I, you know what I mean when I say shitty pie, right? Like, give me like the fakest. It, is that a word? Fakest. The sure. most fake. Give me the most fake insides of a pie. Like I like so a you like the artificial shitty, cherry. Yeah, yeah. All that uh, preferably, it's like I my favorite crappy pies are like blueberry and apple. Give me like those kind of crappy blueberry like apple blueberry pies. Now that's no, those are not pie? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now it's not like I want those more than anything, but it's like it's like being in an airport and eating fast food. We're like, yes, I could have Panda Express. I love Panda Express and I don't feel bad about it. I mean, I feel bad about it, but here (laughs) I am. Meanwhile, if I'm in a place where it's like, well, guess what? We have one dessert and it's this shitty pie. I'm like, well, it's here. God damn it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess you need to go like on a, we need to do like across the US diner tour then. Oh, yeah. Because like, that's where you I'm find done. really awful. Where you just find pancakes, you find giant portions. Well, then of I'm meals. looking for good pies. Then I then I want and the pies. good stuff. Give me like these absurd, like six inch tall blueberry pies. Like I can picture it in my mind. Like you go to this diner and it's like everything's big, everything's terrible for you. And we got this enormous pie. And yeah, it might be filled with the most fake shit, but it's also like six inches tall and somehow stays together. Like it's like congealed together, like some kind of Ugh. gelatin that they have in there. It's like, how did you do that? I don't care. It tastes awesome. Wow. You guys really embrace corn syrup here. Yes, we do. This is America. I'm like, yeah, corn syrup, corn starch, get all that stuff in there, all, all corn that shit together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Ooh. and then get the, like, the 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 smallest blueberries you've ever seen in your life, like all in there together, because that's usually what those crappy pies, those crappy blueberry pies, have in common. It's like, how did you find blueberries this small? That like blueberries that small is usually a sign to say throw these away because they are shriveling up and they need and they are garbage. <laughs> so what are they? <laughs> so yeah, little guilty pleasure of mine. All right, crappy pies. Crappy pies. Don't underestimate. Would have not guessed that. Look at that. We can go in the newlywed game and kill. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Well, we're going to get married over Zoom because we can (laughs) so that I can get the citizenship and head to New Zealand. Uh, It's going to be wonderful. Can't wait. And don't worry. You know, if Alice is concerned, we'll get the divorce. I just need to get there first. Okay. (laughs) And if anybody points this and they say, hey, man, what about that thing? Be like, you don't. Our our love runs deep. You don't understand it. And look, we, we joke about these things all the time. It's just how we are. Yeah, exactly. You would understand, you know? man. Yeah, yeah. You think we would have recorded this many, this much shit if we weren't in love? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to some news. Yeah. 
uh, I wonder how much stuff you do know what's going on here. This is actually one of these articles when you brought to my attention, we wanted to talk about it. Yeah. We have a little bit of tease. One of these, you have no idea what it's about. Um, but there, I, we're going to keep it fun because there's a lot of not fun stuff uh, in the world. So here are your three choices. All right, we got police drones, Kanye, and then the Redskins. <laughs> Where do you want to know? Start? I know all about the, the Washington football team's problems um, and what's happened. So let's do that one second. Let's do Kanye last. Let's do police drones first. Okay. Got it. Here we go. Reading from CNN, fake news. Um, police use drones to monitor nudity at a Minnesota beach. <laughs> so here is we go. monitor in quotes. No. Okay. <laughs> no, that's it's that's the fun part. <laughs> police near Minneapolis used drones last week to check if sunbathers at a lakeside beach were breaking the law by going nude or topless. The Golden Valley Police Department used the high-tech surveillance devices at Twin Lake on July 10th after receiving complaints from the public. City Communications Director Cheryl Weiler told CNN, quote, This stuff has been going on there for decades. When the police are called to the, to the park, it's because someone has complained, end quote. The somewhat secluded beach is known for being, quote, a safe place to just be comfortable, end quote. Elsie Olin, a frequent visitor, told CNN affiliate WCCO. Golden Valley addressed the use the use of drones in a statement on its website. Quote, drone footage is accessible only to very few staff within the department and is only used for documentation, evidence collection, and prosecution if needed. End quote. The statement said, quote, police staff are trained in data privacy and maintaining confidentiality. By law, people in the public spaces have no ex- expectation of privacy from being recorded by security devices. End quote. Olin and other witnesses said it appeared police were pursuing people of color. Quote, the two or three black people that were super visible on the beach, officers went straight for them, end quote, Olin said. The police presence was outrageous, witness Jacob Carrigan said on Facebook. Quote, to say, what do you think about that? When that like social media reactions make it to the news? I don't so, like, like it. It's really one guy lazy says reporting. outrageous and then, oh, yeah, yeah. here it is. It's right, like, let's, let's just copy and paste a Twitter account. It's just real yeah. lazy, like versus like actually having to try and talk with these people to get like an accurate quote. They just sort of use Twitter. It's just lazy journalism. So. Yeah, true. Quote, the city reviewed drone footage and went to the beach to collect personal information from those who appeared to be violating the law. And quote, Golden Valley officials said in the statement, quote, at the beach, the police collected information from eight individuals to determine if citations should be issued for various infractions of the eight individuals observed violating the law. The police were able to obtain information from from two were people of color and quote, the police did not issue any other any citations. Golden Valley statement also said the city strongly condemns racism and discrimination and works to maintain its community a welcoming and respectful place for all. This feels like Malin's- a stamp that you put on any release at this point, right? Like someone has made a yeah. stamp of this. They're just like, hey, get the get the Black Lives Matter stamp and put it on here, please, for my yeah. document. And the bears escape the zoo and we con- and we contain the issue and we strongly condemn racism and discrimination. Yeah. <laughs> 
Malin said officers were prepared to take information from several people who had been topless or nude, but that hostility from the crowd changed their plans. WCCO reported, quote, we made the choice that things were only escalating and we chose to leave. And quote, I agree. The one the one thing on Earth you never want to fight is a naked man or woman. They were talking about topless. Yeah, but you know, dudes, like they're they're out there in full. And if you're comfortable with your nudity to that level, you're out there on the beach, completely down, and you're you know you're ready to go fight somebody naked. And you know you have the advantage because really? if you're willing to fight somebody naked, you're you're nuts. How do you feel about no nudists? Are you always ready to fight somebody if you're a nudist? No, just if you're if you're sort of infringing on their right to do this, which I guess the police are saying that they don't actually have a right to do this. Um, yeah, apparently they said, no, well, it's kind of yeah, weird. The drones seem like the real passive aggressive way to deal with this versus like actually going to talk to Let's them. Let's find out. Yeah. And just go like, hey, um, uh, what do we need that. to do? And or you guys are going to keep doing this. What do we need to do to make sure that you can do it and not break the law at the same time? What do you mean? Be nude and not break the law? Yeah, like, again, whether it's the location, because it's most likely the location, right? Like, hey, you can't be naked here on this specific beach because this beach is this, that, and the other. That tends to be why, where nudists tend to get their own specific beaches where they can partake in their freedom Nudity. to be themselves. <laughs> yeah, it's Don't interesting it like the, way, <laughs> the way those nude beaches works. Is it's like you just cross a threshold, then all of a sudden, all right. Yeah. Which look, man. I mean, out. to be to be fair, that's that's a, you know that's how you brought into this world. So nothing to yeah, be ashamed we, of. The country definitely has some really weird laws, like the fact that you can't, like that that you know it's a crime to for a woman to walk around topless, but dudes can. Like, there's dudes who I really don't want to see walk around topless. Absolutely, like, don't don't do Absolutely. it. Absolutely, like let it go. Free the nipple, right? That was a whole campaign. Yeah, that's a whole thing on. I think it's an Instagram thing, right? Where if there's a nipple showing and you're a woman, they delete it and, you know, threaten your account. But if you're a dude, obviously they don't say anything. Yeah. On Twitter, they don't care. Yeah. Like there's some different. there's some shit on Twitter. You're like, Jesus. Didn't know you could do that. Um what's interesting about this article though is just the roller coaster that it takes because it starts it's like, please use drones to modernity at Minnesota Beach. You're like, okay, this is gonna be an article about the police looking at naked people on a beach. Like it's kind of creepy. It's like, all right, you got reports. We'll send a dude over there and be like, hey, yeah, man, that's what I mean. It's a passive aggressive way of naked? doing this. Yeah, they're naked. Like, yeah. I'd be like, man, I don't want to go over there and talk to them. Every time I talk to them, it's real uncomfortable because I the can't one talk to the, a dude with his dick hanging out, it's just not. Well, it's, it's, it's like it's like the people who are real strident about this are the people that you don't really want to look at. And you're just like, can you put something on, please? Like as we're having this conversation, something, and they're like, no, no, this is my right. And you're just like, oh god, like all right, yeah, I, I get it, I get it. But yeah, so that's why you pass over there, like put yeah. on pants, put on pants. Yeah, you, you, you do, do this first because honestly, if anything, you sort of irritate them, and you know people start feeling like, oh, wait a minute, this is supposed to be a private thing. How dare you fly a drone over? And then maybe some of them will disperse. So it's a real passive aggressive way of policing. Um, but it is interesting again how much of this you believe where they targeted the the few African American, you know, the three African American twenty five percent by the, by no, by my count because what did they say yeah. eight people and then yeah. two. Yeah, for like eight people again it's just real like that's some of the puritan stuff that the u.s needs to get over <laughs> yeah they won't they won't no that's they the won't problem you gotta guns are cool violence is cool but yeah. god forbid you see a boob god forbid can't see it. It can't say, have it 
Do the police use any specific type of drone? Like, does it have facial recognition? Like, how far does their policing through drone go? Or is it just them buying a DJI drone like the rest of us? And just being like, hey, heard there's some naked people over there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's check it out. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't say. Hmm. You would assume that they can at least take a step to do it, right? Yeah, I just wonder how much Once that infringes on people's rights, especially when it comes to law enforcement. I don't know. Oh, there's I no mean, privacy rights. It's, it's all privacy rights are out the window because you have, I mean, now the TSA kind of got rid of everything. The whole Patriot Act thing kind of killed whatever it was or the, the, the yeah. after 9-11, we pretty much gave away our privacy in the name of freedom or in the name of security, really. So Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, there you go. Yeah, because before nine eleven, you used to be able to move to New Zealand, and make a bunch of money, and not report it to the U.S. government. Nobody cared. <laughs> but really, you know, yeah, <laughs> that was the thing. People came down here and made a bunch of money, and we're just like, yeah, I was over there on vacation. <laughs> so yeah, those good old days were gone. So that sounds like a that sounds like a uh, New Zealand thing as well. Sounds like we let the terrorists win. That's what it sounds like. Oh, for sure. We definitely did. That's, yeah, the that's won, a fact. Right? Like they won. All right. Let's not yeah, go too I, deep in the woods on that one. There was, yeah. a, there was, when you, when the 9 11 museum first opened, you had to go through a TSA thing in order to get into the museum. How's that yeah. for, uh, <laughs> being on the nose? Not anymore. Yeah. Cause now it's, now it's all open air. Like they, not, that was the memorial. The museum itself, I don't know what the deal is there. But the memorial itself is open air part. Yeah, because I didn't go to the museum. I went to the to the memorial and then underneath the subway system for all that stuff, which is pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, the, um, the Oculus. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. It looks like you're walking through a dinosaur. Yeah. Yep, anyway. All right, moving on. NFL's Washington Redskins will change name and logo, team says. So you already know this. I don't even think I need to read the story. Here's the deal. No, they're uh, they they're finally doing it. It's happening. Well, the funny thing is that this has been in talks for years. I'd probably say for about yep. 20 years they've talked about this, like seriously, like, dude, your name of your team is literally a racial slur. <laughs> like it is like I look, I can understand you make the argument about Indians or the Braves, the Atlanta Braves or the, the Cleveland Indians or the Chicago Blackhawks. Like I can oh, see my you thought, making arguments. My thought on the Cleveland Indians is that they should just change their logo to an actual Indian. Well, because like their logo's like real. A, it's real no, cartoonish. Like a, like no, no, no. I mean, like an actual Indian from India. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Keep the name, but just make it more accurate. Like, no, we're, we're the Indians. That, <laughs> I don't know if that makes it better or worse. It was again. Didn't they? Wasn't the name the 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 dude that's on the jersey is Chief Wahoo? Is his name? That's, fun. that's a fun. Yeah, name. that's that's real fun and racist. Um, yeah, he's got like this big grin, and he's not like it's it's a, it's a mess. So, anyways, the the team with the actual <laughs> racial slur in their name, the Redskins, uh, they finally they finally decided to change the name, and it's real funny because it's one of those things. I'm like, wait a minute, we had all these protests about police brutality on black people, and somehow. How are black people responsible for getting the name of the Redskins changed? It's got nothing to do with us. <laughs> How do we end up here where we're changing like mascots names because of this, because of, you know, the death of George Floyd? Like, wait a minute. How did we get from George Floyd to, oh, the Redskins are actually going to change their name now? I'm so confused. It's everything. It's all it's all racial insensitivity. It's being woke. You take it all into account. Who are you offending? Who needs to, well, again, needs I don't to be changed? Dan What's racist? It's the same. Aunt Jemima, Redskins. Who's next? Something, Dan, something's going to be Dan Snyder's next. not doing this. Dan Snyder, the owner, is not doing this because he's woke. He's doing this, one, no, because there's, 
th- there's these rumors that there's more stuff about to come out about. The, I mean, the Washington Redskins had a had a cheerleader scandal. Oh yeah, there was a ago. big uh, that's coming out. Yeah, there's all these. Uh, there's this, all these other stories the coming sexual out about harassment how, stuff is coming out. How awful of a human being Dan Snyder is. So some of this is sort of. Hey, well, if we change the name, will everybody go away? Because that, that's – and another thing, and the name, and the treatment of cheerleaders, and racism, and sexism, and all this other stuff that's going to slowly start leaking from the Washington Redskins. So they decided to change their name. Um, makes makes and sense it's to just, me. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of deflection. Um, has Trump commented on this? Is he upset about this? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Trump. Because that's who's next, Bruce, right? That, yeah. That's got to be next. He's got to have his – and that's in D.C. as well. July 6th, he just, he defended it. But this – this they actually came out with last week. So that was a little earlier. Right. Uh, let's see here. No, the only thing – oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. Kaylee McEnany says that's the uh, press secretary. Believes the – believes – Native American believes says Trump thinks Native Americans will be angry over Washington name change. So that's what she said. And she represents Trump. So let's see. And trust me, these these team (laughs) names. Here we go. So let's see. This is reading from Fox News, which, by the way, Fox News. So Chris Wallace did an interview with Trump that went out uh, that that aired this morning. And holy shit. (laughs) It was unbelievable the the uh the content of that of that uh, interview i recommend a watch but at the same time mm, you could probably guess what happens these so here's a quote these team names these teams name their teams out of strength not weakness McNaney said in a briefing quote trump says he believes that the native american community would be very angry at this end quote um yeah i guess i don't know why but yeah like why they're just like yeah like whatever <laughs> like it's fine <laughs> Why are you, how dare you get rid of, how dare you get rid of that racist logo and name from a team? We are offended. So More there's, people so, should be doing that. So there's a couple, there's five options that I have here of what they might change the name of the team. Do you want to go through those options? Uh, yeah, sure. Because I think I saw this headline and I didn't, I didn't actually read the options, but is this real or is this like a jokey? Option? This is real. These are real options. Now, whether or not they go completely off the board with something else, who knows? But these are the real options, and I'm reading this on ESPN. Okay. Option number one, yep. the Washington Red Tails. So they like you, everyone knows about Red Tails from that Steven Spielberg movie that should have been way cooler than it actually was. Wait. Red Tails was the um, – oh, yeah. That was not yeah. Steven Spielberg. That was uh, George Lucas. Oh, it was Lucas. You're right. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this is celebrates the World War II Tuskegee Airmen. Um, so that came from their planes that had that distinctive red crimson tail. That movie had um, uh, Michael Cuba B. Jordan in it. Had Terrence Cuba Gooding Jr. in it. Yep, Terrence Howard. They just got all the black guys together and put them in planes. It was great. <laughs> sure, sure. So that that's number one. Number two, the Washington Warriors, which is an awful name. <laughs> That was the name. Wasn't that the name of the team in the replacements? Oh, no, they were the Sentinels. That was the uh, I didn't even need to look that up to correct myself. I just knew it because I've seen that movie too many times. Yeah. Fun so movie. this is the one that they're saying is the leader right now. The Warriors? Because it's close. Yeah, because it's close enough to it's close enough to the red to the Redskins sort of name and color. Logo. 
and so you can sort of the keep logo the, you can keep an arrow and a feather on there it's enough of a like we changed it but we didn't really change it enough right like we changed it but made it just so you remember what the name is what the name should be right okay. um so yeah like the the warriors is up there um Not a fan. number three the washington hogs so the Hogs was a nickname of the offensive line in the 80s and 90s. Okay. Just big fat guys, obviously, right? They just called them the Hogs. And so they're talking about just making that the name. Change it to the Hogs, Red Hogs, something like that. Okay. Number four, the Washington Red Hawks, which to me is like, if you're going to do Red Hawks, you might as well do Red Tails. Like, you might as well do, you might as well go that, that yeah. way. Um. And then the last one that I have here are the red wolves, which apparently is a real animal. It's a real creature. Um, and so this is sort of the name that they're just like, hey, the the red wolves are out there. The other names are the renegades, the defenders, the senators, and the sentinels, which, as you said, the sentinels uh, mimic the fictional team from the replacements. That's what they should go with. <laughs> and Keanu Reeves should go to every game. Yeah. So, out of those names, so here it is from Odd Shark. There's a Twitter post on this. Here's the odds, right? The Presidents plus 300, the Generals plus 400, the Lincolns plus 400, the Americans plus 500, the Kings plus 500, the Memorials plus 500, the Capitals plus 600. I mean, the Washington Capitals are already a hockey team. So, like, what are we doing? <laughs> the Veterans plus 600, the Jeffersons plus 700, the Roosevelt plus 700. Really weird one. <laughs> they the made Monument it the Jeffersons. <laughs> that would put, be. Uh, you just put George Jefferson on the on the helmet and just go the complete opposite way. Oh, let's look at the other <laughs> Jefferson. Let's look at Tom. Oh, no! That I think would it'd be, be funny if it's George Jefferson. That would be better. <laughs> You're right. That would be that would be better. The monuments and then the Arlingtons at plus one thousand. So those are the other names that are on this that are obviously long shots. I think okay. they'll end up making it. They'll end up making it Warriors, or I think the Red Tails name probably has a bit of. Because again, to me, that cool. seems like a it's a cool name. Bad. You can keep the colors yeah. the same for the most part. Um, yeah, you I'm, just down with that. I'm not a fan of the Warriors just because it sounds so generic. And neither lame. am I. It is super generic. Um, I think that yeah. What are the other ones? Let's see here. They were the the Red Hogs. It's odd. Peto won't like it. Yeah. So you don't want to deal with that shit every day. Um, Red Hawks is fine. With Red Hawks, but, you, you keep know, the why, feather, I, right? Like you can keep the feather. You can keep some yeah, of Red the Hawks more Native cool. American I, stuff. Yeah. It's also the name of a uh, of a team in one of my uh, rec league divisions. So, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. And then, uh, and then Red Wolves. That sounds to be like a minor league team name. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, Big team. Yeah. 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 So not not really on board with that. Yeah, I think Red Tails sounds like a good one. I, I like that. Yeah. I like Red Tails. I like uh, what was that other one? The Red uh, Jesus Christ. I say Red, red Hawks, Hawks and Red Tails. Yeah. Those those are probably my front runners. Yeah. If you have to keep oh, Red cool. in the name, otherwise I'd be perfectly happy if you just got rid of the Red. Like who needs Red? Come up with a new color scheme. Come up with something cool. I would go with blue skins and make the logo <laughs> Avatar or Smurfs. Make them Navis. Make them Smurfs. I think Smurf is yeah. better. Yeah. Why don't Papa you think it- on the helmet? With, with yeah. like a big mean, he's like the Notre Dame mascot. I mean, I'm sure that's going to come at some point, right? Like Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. Like that's got to be. That's got to. Once we get, once we go through the minorities, we'll start getting back to white people problems. And so, you know, the little leprechaun with his fist up is going to have to go at some point, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's offensive to short people like me. Yeah, and leprechauns. 
Right. I'm not that. Yeah, exactly. They might be out there. Um, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm, it's cool that they're finally doing it. Um, can't be a worse name change. It's so than crazy me. that that name has existed for as long as it has. It's so nuts. Just it's don't nuts. care. And and honestly, like as racist as it is, this is the problem, right? Is it's like you talk to people about it and they say, well, I'm not racist. I never look at it as being racist. And that's the majority of people don't look at it as being racist, but that's because it's not racist towards them. Them, exactly. So, yeah, you're right. You don't have to look at it as being racist, but by having a kind of adverse reaction, actually fight against it, that in itself is where racism begins to show. So, yeah, there's no there's no harm in changing the name. If anything, you're going to sell a shit ton of memorabilia. I think most teams should change their name like every 20 years. Why not? Well, look, I, I do remember that there's this. I got to find the picture of this because there is a there's a parody on the uh, Cleveland Indians. Um, it's the it's like the Cleveland Caucasians, and it's this picture of this white dude with blonde hair and like a money sign <laughs> above his head. Um, and so it's like, and I believe that there was a sportscaster on ESPN who wore this shirt, and everyone was super upset about it. And it's like, well, how do you like again? This is what you basically did. Like you basically, you basically okay. So this is from Gawker from, from two thousand fourteen. The, the story behind Bohemia Jones Caucasian sir. <laughs> Bomani, I believe is his name. Bomani Jones, who's wearing this shirt. Bomani. Yeah, that's what. And he's said. wearing this. Yeah, and he's a. You, you said Bohemian, <laughs> so I don't know, no, oh, I don't know where right. you're going with that. Oh, um, no, you're right. Sorry. So like he's wearing this shirt and he got like in trouble for it. People are like, hey, you can't wear that shirt. And it's like you realize that you're doing the same thing with the Cleveland Indians, right? Like it's the same exact yeah. thing. Yeah, but and there's so more just, white people than yeah. than uh, Native Americans. So I think it kind of shows that it's like, yes, of course, there's this double standard. If you were to do this with the Caucasians or you made a team that was specifically about white people. Um, if you type in the, um, the Cleveland Caucasian in the Google images, there is this shirt that says the rednecks, <laughs> which is the the <laughs> that's what they the, can go with. The, hey, they could do the uh, Washington rednecks because then you could keep the red. Oh, this image is pretty funny um, because it's literally like a, a dude with a mullet. He's got his sports sunglasses on backwards. He's got one, a red bandana. Um, I'm trying to get it. It's in the here's the Washington Redskins redneck t-shirt. Let's see this one from the Washington Post. Uh, nope, that just sent you literally a link to the Washington Post. <laughs> that was not helpful. Um, oh, because they want me to subscribe. How oh, okay, so Washington rednecks. That's what it is. Yeah, just type in the Washington rednecks, and you should see the image that comes up. Um, oh, yeah. it's got a, it's got, it's got a, it's got a raccoon tail instead of the feathers on the back. It's got a dude with a yeah. piece of straw in his mouth. The He's got a the backwards glasses. Yes. Oh, so like, man. that's kind of the thing, right? Yeah. Like if you really want to, you can this. start doing this stuff and then white people aren't going to be very happy about it. You know, what's, what's creepy about this. This makes it look like Russian propaganda or something yeah, like that. Like it something, like something out of uh USSR. It's the red and the yellow that doesn't help. with that. Yeah. That's, it's very true. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Interesting. Well, it's Let's finally happening. Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting. Do they do, they do it cares? for the you next know, season or team, no? Their team still sucks. Yeah, they're, they're going to change the name for next season, which to me seems like a big giant way to make ad revenue as well. Like new jerseys, new stuff, get the yeah. new gear. Like it's a good way to refresh all of your stuff. Yeah. Um, do it. Get so after yeah. it. But yeah, like there's going to be a lot of guys still walking around with the Redskins jersey being like, you'll never yeah. take the name from me. Like it's just, You're right. It's not going to go away. 
It's not going to go away. And if anything, they probably made a ton of money with this announcement because people are going to buy that shit up even faster. Yeah. So who do you think is next to go between the Cleveland Indians, the Atlanta Braves, and the Chicago Blackhawks? Which team is next to change their name? I've never heard any outrage against the Blackhawks. Neither have I, because that's an actual tribe. Does that exist? Yeah. It's an actual tribe. Is it offensive? You're not – the name's not a slur. But I guess that's the thing. It's like, why are you using people as your mascots, really? Like, in what other – like, choose a fictional animal or something. Like, I guess that's most people's argument of being like, white people don't use them. I mean, again, the Fighting Irish, I would put on a distant fourth on this list. But normally, teams are named after animals or, you know, objects or something. It's not named after people. Yeah. Uh, the Indians is probably going to go next because I think it is too, because the Braves just, is, yeah, that's a, I would say Indians that logo Braves, doesn't help. And, yeah. uh, and just the name of it's wrong. It's just incorrect. Yes. Just the fact, like I said, to make it, if you're going to stick with the name, then make like a it real Indian, just like accurate. a regular Indian dude, <laughs> like yeah, a make it Indian an Indian dude, dude or like, like make it a, <laughs> or make it a, or make it a cow, you know, things like that. Make it like, um, Oh man, um, what are those things that I love? Make it like non, because that's delicious. <laughs> Who's gonna argue with like a, if their logo was non? Yeah, or the or, or the chicken, the chicken that's uh, the tandoori chicken. Oh yeah, oh my yeah, gosh, that's good stuff. Chicken curry, chicken uh, tikka masala. Ooh, that stuff is terrible for you. It's delicious. Yes, so. Absolutely, God, but it's, it's good. Delicious. And again, I've oh. been a long time since I've had any chicken, but yeah, it, it was good when I had it. <laughs> How do they they have Indian food over there? I would assume they would. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The, I had the some, biggest immigrant some of the best Indian food Zealand. I had. Yeah. Yeah. The best Indian food I had was in Fiji, actually. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. Like in Indians, again, those are the two most populous countries, India and China. So most likely everywhere when people are immigrating, it's either either from China or they're from India. Which when you've got a billion people in your in your country, I don't blame you for trying to get out. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of so, space. Yeah. It's a small country. Yeah. Not a lot of I mean, space. You look at that. You look at that landmass. You're like, oh my god, how do they fit that many people in here? Yeah, a billion people is um, a lot of people. Yeah, Boom. but man, whew, love me some Indian food. Now I want Indian food. All right. Well, what are you gonna do tomorrow? Maybe I get some Indian food tomorrow. All right, cool. Last story here. This is like a little bit of a blur over. We won't do uh, reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish because yeah, is we'll just do this. Because <laughs> yeah, we'll just do this as a third story, and then we'll do a lot of. We got a bunch of media therapy stuff to go through. Uh, all right, here we go. Reading from the AP. Rapper Kanye West draws crowd to first event as candidate. So I don't know if I want to read through this or just talk about the general idea that Kanye <laughs> West is running for president. Um, I want to know what his issues are, like what the issues he's he's on. And again, I think maybe he went over some of this in his rally today. Yeah, so let's read this. Let's see what happens. Okay, here we go. Rapper Kanye West in his first event since declaring himself a presidential candidate on Twitter. I should say delivered a lengthy monologue Sunday touching on topics from abortion and religion to international trade and licensing deals. Whether he actually whether he's actually seeking the nation's highest office remains a question. West said that while he believes abortion should be legal, financial incentives to help struggling mothers could be a way to discourage the practice. Quote, everybody that has a baby gets a million dollars. He said as an example. <laughs> <sighs> Wearing a protective vest and with 2020 shaved into his head, the entertain <laughs> the entertainer spoke before a crowd in North Carolina, North Charleston, South Carolina. According to a live stream of the event, it appears that several hundred people had gathered in a venue where gospel music played before West's appearance. Well, I guess that's one of the few places you could do it because of all the uh, COVID restrictions going on. 
The event was reported was reportedly for registered guests only, although a campaign website had no registration or RSVP information. Speaking with the speaking with a microphone, West became tearful at one point while talking about his oh, mother yeah, who he's died following here. plastic surgery complications in 2007. He it always goes back to that though. West Absolutely. has missed because that's kind of when he went a little. That's you know, what broke him. Which you know what? Fair enough. Like yeah, that's it. what sort of that's what sort of gave you the unhinged bipolar Kanye was yeah, this tragedy effects. He made a game Absolutely. about that at some point. I don't know if it ever came he out. Did. He did. I remember there was unicorns and stuff and you're like in the sky. Yeah, it was real no, like, weird. Flying through the air. Yeah, it was bizarre. West has missed the deadline to qualify for the ballot in several states, and it's unclear if he is willing or able to collect enough signatures required to qualify in others. Last week, he qualified to appear in Oklahoma's presidential ballot, the first state where he met the requirements before the filing deadline. West needs to collect 10,000 signatures by noon Monday to appear on the South Carolina ballot, according to state law. The entertainer tweeted out a list of locations around Charleston area where he petitions could be where petitions could be signed. Email to an address purportedly associated with the campaign was not returned Sunday afternoon. West, who is married to reality television star Kim Kardashian West, initially announced his candidacy on July 4th. I love that. I love that's how they ended the article because it says it's basically just saying it's like for those who don't know Kanye. He's married to Kim Kardashian. And you're like, and then for, and I would imagine there are a group of people who read that and be like, oh, that's who that is. That's why this is the thing. <laughs> Not because Kanye, the rapper, but because of Kim Kardashian's husband, which is it. hilarious that that's how they ended this article that way. So, real quick, I do want to read something which is from a New Zealand site called News Hub. Perfect. And this pretty much goes over what happened at the rally. So Sabin Kanye reveals he nearly killed his daughter in a hysterical anti-abortion rant at presidential rally. What? Um, so West donned a bulletproof vest and had 2020 shaved into his head for a speech in which he recalled finding out that Kim Kardashian was pregnant and considering an abortion. The fade rapper said Kardashian was crying on the phone when she told him the news. And shortly after, he had a message from God via his laptop. Everything on my computer went black and white, he said. God said, if you F with my vision, I'm going to F with yours. Kanye said, Kardashian then called back and said, we're going to have this child. The father of four continued that his wife might divorce him after the speech, adding, but she brought North into this world when I didn't want to. And he said all this to tears. Uh, The Grammy winner then broke down in tears, screaming that his mother saved his life because his dad wanted to abort him. He said, I almost killed my daughter, he cried, a statement which he repeats several times. West added that abortion should always be legal, but that the option the option of maximal increase should be available. Maximum increase being everyone that has a baby should get a million dollars or something. <laughs> West invited people from the crowd at the rally up on stage to speak to him, but at one point responded to an audience member who interrupted, I will let you know when I'm finished with my thoughts. <laughs> West told the crowd, we are all God's people. There's no bad people. There are lost people, adding, I don't care if you're black, white, yellow, or purple. Many of Kanye's supporters were not wearing masks, despite a stipulation on the event invitation that stated all guests should have face coverings and observe social distancing rules amid the COVID-19. Did you see this video? Are you seeing this video right now? I am watching this video. Dude, like it shaves the back of his head like around it. And he is just crying. This this guy is like. And he's got this vest that literally says security. And it's this brown bulletproof vest that says security across it. It's an interesting fashion approach, you know? I mean, Kanye's got to have an album coming out, right? Like, this is why he's doing it. It just came out. He just had a new one come out, didn't he? I don't think there's been a new one recently, like within the last couple months. I think one's coming out. I thought one just came out. No, I don't think so. But 
I mean, yeah, like, and again, Kanye is bipolar. He has been diagnosed as bipolar. And so God knows what's actually going on through this dude's head. Um, which is a little terrifying that like he's gonna go do campaign rallies, I guess. Oh, last year, Jesus is King. That was last year, I guess. Yeah, that was last year. So he doesn't have and that was a gospel album. He just released a gospel album. All right. You said it was um, good, right? Yeah, he's really up here crying. He is and this is not just small tears. This is sobbing. Kanye. Like Kanye. Look, I'm not a doctor. Okay. I don't I don't pretend to be. Donda. Donda is the next. West released image from a single from the upcoming 10th studio album. Donda uh, comes out July 24th. Comes out next week. There you go. There you go. What better way to promote an album than get up here crying? Yeah, but look, I'm not a doctor. All right. Said that already. Stand by that fact that I'm not a doctor. But you got to get some therapy, dude. Like you got to You got to go talk to somebody because you can't. Like everything you just said, it sounds like you're looking to tell people, but you shouldn't be telling us. You should be you should be talking to somebody who can actually give you some direction on what to do with that. Like we don't need to know that you you think you almost killed your kid or that you almost killed your kid and you you think Kim's gonna leave you after this. Like that's nuts, man. Look, the I mean, you all you into your head is that look video like looks wrong. Do you remember that video when he went to the White House? Mm-hmm. And he's talking to Donald Trump. Yep. And I forget what he's talking about. He goes on probably Apple a 10 jet. minute rant. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, the Applejack. That's right. And he had designs for it and everything. Yeah, and Donald Trump sat and there and looked design. at him. And and he sat, yeah, it was a concept that they found on the internet on his phone, right? He showed Trump his phone. And again, I remember that. Trump was standing there and even Trump was like, what is happening? And when Donald Trump starts to question sort of where you are, I really believe you should honestly have a good look at the things you can do to make sure that you're living the most fulfilling life. Because Donald Trump looked at him like, I have no idea what he's saying. This is nuts. Kanye and said that like, when he put that hat on, he felt like he was Superman. That's felt right. Like yeah, super- that's right. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> that's a lot of like, crazy that, shit said. Is that not the peak of his presidency? Is that that whole exchange Kanye between him and Kanye? It has to be right. Like, that's what, peak, how do you define just, peak? Like, I can't believe this is happening. This has to be no it. everything. This we're at the peak now. Of, I can't. <laughs> you think we're this at the peak happening. now? Yeah, and I think it's just going to be further peak of nonsense as we go further into this. You got a guy who just straight up denies that people are dying from a global pandemic. Nothing beats that. That kind of ignorance. Like, what do you have to lose by telling people to wear a mask? What do you have to lose? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's literally nothing to lose. Yeah. Like, like, it, it is incomprehensible that this is the guy that's dealing with it. And people are saying, oh, he's doing a good job. Like yeah, It's a bad roll of the dice. Out of all are, people you wanted to deal with this, you would have taken almost anybody else. He was saying in this interview, I said read it, but in the interview this morning, he said, we have the lowest mortality rate. That's a lie. And Chris Wallace said, that's not true. And then he says, no, it's true. That's what they told me. And it's like, yeah, it's not true. It's not true. And then he's like, look at this chart. He's like, yeah. He's like, look at this chart. Look, this is where we were. He shows the chart of cases across the country. He literally has a printout of it, Chris Wallace. And he says, these are the cases. You see over here, like he's, he's talking to like a child. He says, you see over here how it was going up. Then we started to go down. Well, this is where we are now. And it's going higher. It's higher than it's been before. And he's like, well, we have great testing. He's like, that's because we're testing so much. We're testing more than anybody in the world. Also not true. Uh, it's just because we have more cases. So his 
like, what do you have to lose by saying, yeah, we we're well, all right, then that's this is what we're doing about it instead of just denying it and killing people. That's peak. That's peak. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, it was it was upsetting uh, to watch that. I don't understand it. It's and it's pissing me off. It's like it, the more the more it goes on, the more it carries on, the more that like this thing just throws the entire world into disarray. Yeah, and because what happens in the states is going to mess up everybody else. It's going to mess it's up. It's not just the world, else. but it, it's it it is livelihoods because there is so much that comes from the states. Like there's so much built the global economy that comes from the U.S. and it's it's not just people in the states who are going to be who are getting um, screwed by this thing, people who can't go to work, you know, restaurant businesses being gone, retail being decimated. Um, but think about the exports. Like you look at things like Hollywood, like there, there are big shoes to fill. We can't shoot a movie. You can't shoot a TV show. That's entertainment. I mean, that, look, it's part that of the comes reason from the why, US. It's all going to come from China now. Well, it's part of the reason why everyone's trying to get down here because New Zealand is open and filming. And there's a reason why there's been, you know, all this stuff in the media here about film crews trying to get in because they're saying New Zealand right now is the safest Western country in the world Mm -hmm. as far as COVID-19 cases. So it's a big boom for this country if things can sort of get back. But again, right, you said imports, exports, trade. The U.S. is a mess. And it doesn't help when it's like this is these are the people that you have showing up. You get the Donald Trumps and the Kanye's who put their hat into the ring. That should concern you. It's not. Look, Kanye makes great music. He's been making great albums for 20 years. He's got no need to be like he's got no need to have this much of a voice. And the fact that there's enough people out there who think that Trump's doing a good job shows you like this is where America has gone. This is where we are. Not a good day for white people, by the way. There was a. um it's an interesting thing to say aloud, but you know, <laughs> it uh, comes over. But it's like, um, let's see. There is a poll, Fox News. Uh, so let's see, demographic poll. Um, it showed the breakdown of um, of like white of like basically by race. Um, all right, people. I'm just gonna Google. I'm just gonna put in white people. Uh, let's see, Trump poll race we'll just see that uh, yeah because it was showing the breakdown it was like 49 percent of white people 49 to 40 percent white people in favor of trump yeah. again you can compare him i know that this was memes like a while ago but like he's kind of like this is what the fall in roman empire sort of probably looked like right like I understand, there was a war that made was the true fall of the war, the Roman Empire. But you start having leaders like Nero, <laughs> and some of these leaders that you read about in a history book. I mean, eh, like the most powerful nation in the world can never be unseated. Blah blah blah. If you ever wanted to really destroy America, this is what it looks like. Like it's not through some country coming over here and bombing the U.S. It's by it tearing apart itself. And we're, we're pretty close. We're getting there. We're on our way. It's uh. It's pretty bad, but I, I don't know why Kanye. Like, who are the people that are enabling Kanye to do this? Because it's not just him Kanye's going got a lot of money, and his wife obviously doesn't call him on this enough. Where she goes, ah, it's cute enough. The minute it starts to hurt her financial, is when he'll disappear again. And again, if she was now, running, if she was running, be like, all right, I'd argue that she'd actually be a pretty good candidate. Now, yeah. that's probably that's awful to say, but she's she's not a dummy. 
she she's not out here saying wild stuff. She's not showing Apple for, like when she went to go visit President Trump, she was talking about prison reform <laughs> versus Kanye talking about, hey, I got this yeah, cool and Apple. She got it done. Her. Yeah. She actually and she got did. it done. Like she's she a powerful, influential yeah. woman in like the probably the most powerful in- influential woman in the US right now. Yep. She's gotta be one of them at least. She's a she's at least top five. Um, I think what's his name? Jeff Bezos' wife is probably number one because she became like the oh, third Oprah. richest person in the world. After the- oh, here's the poll. Here we go. All right. I found the poll. So it was posted by Jamel Hill. I guess it was from, uh, let's see, The Economist. Yeah. Which is actually For, a former, uh, former ESPN reporter, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I've heard her interview with um, she was on Black on the Air. Yeah, And she's from Detroit, I believe, as well. But uh, yeah, so it's it's from The Economist, which I think is a. It it's it's either center right or right, um, but anyway, they have these these are the breakdowns. So all it was forty percent Trump, forty nine percent Biden. Okay, white forty nine percent Trump, forty two percent Biden. Black ten percent Trump, seventy eight percent Biden. Hispanic twenty three percent Trump, sixty two percent Biden. This was taken from July 12th to the 14th. Yeah, white people, they, there's enough of them that really enjoy what Donald Trump is doing. And it's what? amazing to me because like, even if, you're, even if you're a hardcore racist. You're home or you're sick or you're yeah, dead. Yeah, like it's weird. Like, again, find, find another guy. Find another racist. Yeah. Not, not, not a dumb one, which I mean is scary to me to be like, yeah, you're going to put the smart. Find a racist who's not going like, to just deny a global pandemic. Yeah, because yeah, like, otherwise that'll kill too many white people. Like, come I'm on. Like, I don't care if like, that's your, if that's your yeah. rationale to fix this thing, but fucking fix it. Or it's like he's telling people to drink bleach. Like, come on now. Like, you got to pick up. You got to pick just a better leader. He's a brainstormer. Eh? These are ideas. Come yeah, on. If you're going to right cleanse the world of minorities, pick a better guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the problem is, if you get a better guy, he might actually be more confident. Yeah, I know that's the, and that's why I'm like, I'm very careful how I'm Yikes. saying this because it's a terrible yeah. thing to say. But like, yeah, keep putting the. I mean, I'd argue that if you're a hardcore racist, you're probably not the brightest in the first yeah. place. Because if you're real smart, you realize like it's got nothing to do with the color of people's skins. We are playing a game between haves and haves not. I don't care what color they are. Those are like the cra- Jeff Bezos, yeah. you should be terrified by because he doesn't care what color you are as long as you keep making him billions and billions and almost trillions of dollars. But look at the defenders. The defenders are mainly saying, "Oh yeah, he's an anti." He's they. They're all talking about the woke nature. They're they're not even talking about like what he's doing and why it's so great. Like it's it's just a, attacking the other side. Now I guess we're doing the same thing. But this credibility, <laughs> this guy being a moron. Just read read anything he said. Read any part of his speech, and you'll see. Oh, this guy yeah. this guy sucks, and he's not quite <laughs> all there. <laughs> Anyway, Kanye, don't run. Step aside. Endorse Joe. And for the love of God, don't push this any further because more people will vote for him. People will vote for him. He doesn't even need to endorse Joe. Just shut up. Yeah, that's true. Just go away. (laughs) Sell sell your album. Be like, I'm just kidding. That was a big joke. You bought my album. I did it. I did what I wanted to do. It's over. Um, But damn, man, like this is the kind of shit that'll make that'll make Trump win because these will be people who are going to, who would waver and be like, man, I don't know. It's like, Oh, Kanye. Sure. I'll vote for him. Or like It's all nonsense. I'm just going to vote for Kanye, whatever for the, for the lulls. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, this, yeah, what is already Trump happening is enough, is enough to get people to do that. So the good news is the old people yeah. that vote, they don't even know who Kanye is. So 
they might not do that. <laughs> All right. They know who Kim Kardashian is, though. Exactly. Well, enough of that shit. Let's move on to some uh, media therapy here. Uh, we got some games to talk about. We got uh, that. That's going to probably be a big bulk of this thing. But I, I want to first talk a couple about a couple of movies fast. But hey, before, real quick, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because I was going to say I've got a I've got a Paul Giamatti one for you this week. Oh, because I had one that but. that came up. I was we were watching something. I'm trying to remember what we were watching. Um. Okay. Oh, Alice was watching Big Little Lies. Okay. And Nicole Kidman came on the screen. No, we did Nicole Kidman. Did we? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, she's older. Right? She's older. How, yeah, I know it's nuts, right? Like, like yeah, it's it's crazy. But she, yeah, she's not wild. older by much, though. No, they're very close. Or, or you know what? Yeah, like as a matter of fact, I think Paul Giamatti is older, but he's older by like fourteen days because his birthday. Yeah, I think it's it like was, super close. I'm like. 90% sure we we did this right. Okay. Yeah, well, there you go. Look at that. Yeah, they were born 14 days apart. Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry. Um, I just, I just but, remember that as we were getting to this. So, But she is older by two weeks. Yes. Oh, no. He's, he's older. He's older by two weeks. Yes. Because his birthday okay. is June 6th, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And if we didn't do that, I'm sorry that I just brushed it aside. Yeah, you just brush my... I bring contribution to the table. And I'm just, just pretty sure aside. I'm pretty sure we did that one. Anyway, here we go. Who's older? Elizabeth Shue or Paul Giamatti? Who's Elizabeth Shue? <laughs> oh, all right. Well, um, I don't even know who that Sh- is. Elizabeth Shue, best known for leaving Las Vegas. She was in that. She was in The Karate Kid. She was in Hollow Man, apparently. I remember her from, she was in Hamlet 2, which I know for sure you haven't seen. But most importantly, she was in Back to the Future 2 and 3, playing uh, Marty's girlfriend, Jennifer. Um, she was wow, uh, what a, recast what a, un, and you know, this is no this is no disparagement to Elizabeth Shue go for it you're gonna talk shit she might be the most generic looking white person I've ever seen <laughs> she looks like a bunch of <laughs> she looks like 12 like celebrities merged together like I can't place her in anything her face is just so just there yep. like again not that she's she's not unattractive she's oh, she was just in the saint kind of, of course she was in the saint She's just kind of a white, she's just kind of an average looking. Yep. Okay, fair enough. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know. I'm just I, I just typed in her name and went straight to images, so I don't know how old she is. But I'm looking at her face. Yep. Um, I'm gonna say she's older than Paul Giamatti. I'm gonna say she's about fifty five. She is fifty six. She is three oh, years older go. than Paul Giamatti. So yeah, you know, what? I can see that she looks great, but I can see. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that she's a little bit older. You can see it in her face. She's she's heading toward her 60s. She's getting there. Well, the reason I bring her up, she showed up in the movie Greyhound, which I watched uh, on Friday night. Which yeah, see is that. It's got Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks movie. in it, right? Yeah. Yep. Tom Hanks movie. Um, he wrote it, and she's in it in one of the most pointless roles I've ever seen of a person in a movie ever. She's in the movie for a total of one minute, and there is no character arc. There is no... Thing. Tom Hanks talks to her in the lobby of a hotel. Then he has a flashback to him talking to her in the lobby of a hotel, and you never see her again in the movie. I'm pretty sure they aged her up in the movie. Um, it's very strange that she's in it, um, but the movie's good. It's it's interesting. It's very much like this is a thing that happened. It's not a true story, but it's inspired by like the Battle for the Atlantic, where they escorted like ships across the Atlantic to supply the soldiers or something like that and yeah it was just like it's a lot of naval combat in world war ii 
So if that's your jam and you like seeing Tom Cruise, uh, Tom Hanks give orders, then check it out. It was cool. Is this just it what Tom been... Hanks' career has become? Just doing like actual event movies? Like this must be what he's really interested in, right? I mean, I'm going to yeah, probably maybe. name the three that he's been in between Sully mm-hmm. and then the I'm the Captain Now movie. I don't remember Captain the Phillips. name of the movie. Captain, Captain Phillips. Phillips. Lucas. Right, like he's. This is just his. This is sort of what he does. He just sort of does saving Private Ryan, but that yeah, was also does. fictional. I think that wasn't real. He must be a giant World War II buff. He has to. Be, he's right? a he's a history buff because he yeah. he also produced all those um, all those documentaries that CNN did, where the like the seventies, sixties, eighties, nineties, all those. Like he did all that. The same two people that wrote this movie and produced this movie did those. Tom Hanks and some other guy. And he uh, helped produce uh, Band and the of Pacific Brothers. and Band of Brothers. Yeah, exactly. And He's D-Day just, Museum. Uh, and I'm reading this. He's also a collector of manual typewriters. Like, this is just who he is. <laughs> Tom, this is yeah. Tom Hanks, man. He's stuck yeah, in cool. 1950. Yeah. <laughs> but again, man, he's also... He's, he gets it done. Yeah, but he supports a lot of, uh, you know, modern ideas and and stuff. But again, he, he's he got a thing for the... He's got a thing for, know the, it, for the war movies. There's yeah. no shortage of content to pull from there. And yeah, it was it was fun. It's short. I mean, I do praise them for this movie being just under an hour and 30 minutes. That's pretty cool because you don't see that. I would have loved to see this in a movie theater because um, there's some really cool shots and the the scale was pretty interesting. And you just never really see a movie about this part of World War II, which is kind of cool to see. But it's very much just a, you know, let's let's show this campaign of a of a ship doing this escort mission over the course of five days. You don't, I couldn't tell you anybody's name in the movie, like no character arts, just very much. This is happening. We get through it and that's it. It's uh, it was fun. It's only on Apple TV plus. I don't know why that's a thing, but it is. They got the rights to it and I'm going to cancel my subscription because there's nothing on that. I really want to watch other than that. <laughs> Um, the other movie I watched, I rewatched that I want to talk about, and I'm curious to get your opinion on this. What are your thoughts on the movie John Q? Oh, I haven't seen John Q in a long time. Um, my thought on John Q, it was okay. Um, it was, yeah, again, I just remember it being okay. It's, it was sort of like classic Denzel in a way. Um, like to me, if, if I was going to name a movie, like what's the, what's the movie that, that Denzel can do in his sleep, right? Like if you literally yeah. just rolled him out there and said, dude, just, just do this, right? You don't even need to read the script. It would be this movie. I think this is a pretty good case that Denzel can make any movie a hundred percent, like not yeah, only watchable, but engaging, even if it's the biggest piece of shit you could ever produce I mean, because those- John Q is the most pandering nonsense ever. Subtlety goes completely out the window. There are long monologues talking about health, the broken healthcare system. And again, I want to be clear. Everything is a hundred percent valid and this is all pre Obamacare, but it's still very much true today. And yeah, it's, it's insane, but it's basically like this long political pandering piece and then you got denzel who's just crushing crushing it and whenever he's on screen you're like oh my god that's so profound oh it's amazing but it's such nonsense it is a i have i'm willing to say this unequivocally that is a terrible movie but it is also 
a fantastic watch just because Denzel is a monster of a performer. Yes, absolutely. And that is critical. The only the second place for this for this category is Remember the Titans. Also a movie that is a bunch of bullshit because of the true I mean, story. But I mean, God you know damn, Denzel is? could command a movie like no one else. Like like those Equalizer movies are terrible. But man, he he takes that thing from a two to like a six to seven out of ten. Just because he's in it and he's great. I mean, look, I would argue that Denzel Washington is the greatest black actor of all time. I think I could make that argument and feel pretty confident with the hand that I have going at this table. Of Morgan I put Freeman. down two Denzels. Oh, that's a tough one because Morgan, Morgan Freeman's good, but I don't think he's. I don't think he sticks out the way that Denzel does. Don't forget, Forrest Whitaker was Ghost Dog. Her, but <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my. I love Ghost Dog. You talking about Ghost Dog? That's my movie. But yeah, look I, again. I would say that Denzel. No, but I me, would say Denzel is better than Denzel's better than Morgan Freeman because I think Denzel could can he could literally own a movie. He can own. That's an what I mean. I don't movie. think. I don't think Morgan Freeman could do. It. No, and quite frankly, like Sam Jackson can't hold an entire movie. He needs a cast around him. He's too schlocky. Um, That's the thing. Sam Jackson has just become too a little like too much of a shtick. I don't know what it is about it, but he's kind of become like Sean Connery <laughs> in a way. Like, like, again, like Morgan kind of, Freeman's awesome, but yeah. he's always comes down to that kind of wise old man, right? Now, all right, I take that back. Morgan Freeman can own and dominate a movie I, I take this back because lean on me is exactly that lean on me yeah, is that's a, morgan that's a good one is morgan freeman just crushing for two hours that movie is amazing i it's been too long since i've seen it but i could just i could hear him like when i think of morgan freeman that's usually that oh man it's like shawshank and lean on me that's where i'm going to man Oh, I'm sorry. Again, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going, Morgan. Morgan, can I call you Morgan? I'm sorry I doubted you. I'm going down this list. Also, of, Morgan Freeman, younger than Paul Giamatti. Of, <laughs> of, black, of black actors, right? I'm going down this list, and the names that come up when you type in greatest black actors of all time, Denzel's number one. Second is Will Smith. Third is Forrest what? Whitaker. Fourth really? is Samuel Jackson. Fifth is Wait, Sidney what about Royal, Roy, oh, man, Royal, Earl, Roy Earl Jones? I think I got that wrong. I'm thinking of. James James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. That's it. James Earl Jones. Darth Vader. Yeah, again, he's fine, but he's not Denzel. Like James Earl Jones can't. He's the hold. CNN narrator. Yeah, I'm. Lo- <laughs> I'm looking at this and like Danny Glover, Eddie Murphy, Cuban Gooding Jr., Jamie Foxx, Don Cheadle, Lawrence Fishburne, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. None of these guys can command an entire. No, they put, none wait them- a minute. They put Cuba Gooding Jr. above Don Cheadle. Uh, yeah, on this list. And again, this is just this is just the Google list. It just gives you the name. Probably the most. Oh, searched. okay. All right, all these guys. Yeah, I'm just going down the list of black actors, and I'm just like, yeah, like you start naming off names, and none of them have that. Like Will Smith has struggled, man. <laughs> He's made some awful movies that even he can't save. Um, but just just forget about the whole just black actor, right? Like, who can command a movie like Denzel? Like, is there anyone, any actor that could do that? Because you know, I love Tom Cruise, right? I don't think, man. If you if you put the two head to head, like he he comes close to the gravitas, but Denzel is just, yeah, he he can just absolutely crush a role. And again, and just the funny command thing is, the screen, and you and it like demands your attention whenever he's on screen. Tom Cruise is like, yeah, just jump out the plane, do whatever you're gonna do. And I'm gonna also make another controversial statement here. I believe that there's more women who I would say that are that can command roles better than than Denzel can. Like, especially black women, like 
Viola Davis, Angela Bassett. Like you start oh, naming yeah, yeah. when you're like in a movie and you're just like, okay, like I like you can completely carry this thing. Holly Berry, maybe. Like maybe. Uh. Um again, I just think that there's there's more women who I would put up against Denzel than the the black actors, because I just for whatever reason they sort of get typecast where there's more powerful women who can sort of command a role and carry an entire movie. And yeah, but look, Denzel to me, he's the greatest black actor of all time. I don't, and again, I think I think I win that pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put up a fight for that. Yeah, no way. But yeah, John Q, piece of shit, great movie. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> John, this is this is just like, and I wonder how much Denzel actually like put into that, like of his own. You know, you you would imagine there's jobs where it's just like. Whatever, here we go again. I'm just going to go through the typical Denzel's, Denzel hoops, you know? But that one, I really wonder if he really did like give it his all to be like, this is a piece of shit script, but goddamn, I'm going to kill this thing and make it awesome. I mean, he's going to play Macbeth in a movie. All right. <laughs> All right, right <laughs> on. Why not? It's the tragedy of Macbeth. And, he's being, and he plays Lord Macbeth. Okay. Who's his oh, wife? Like I'm in. Who's Lady Macbeth? You gotta because then that's the, that's trouble because you need a Lady Macbeth who's as equally because they there is an equal share there. Like Francis Lady Macbeth McDormand. is as critical. Francis McDormand is Lady Macbeth. Oh no, <laughs> not who I would have picked. Brendan Gleeson is good, Kate but Duncan. Corey Hawkins is Macduff. Moses Ingram is the, Lady Macduff. Lady Macbeth, man, think about this. So you're gonna have. You're going to have Francis McDormand convincing Denzel to kill a bunch of people? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know about that. I really don't know. If and, I was, I mean, if but I was Denzel, Denzel, I'd just be like, no, I'm not. No, what? No. no Denzel will stop. find a way. Denzel will find a way. He'll find a way. Buy it, yeah. He'll find a way. I, again, I, I believe in it. I believe in it because he's going to. He's. Yeah, I believe in it. And it's a, it's one of the Coen brothers is making this movie. Oh, all right. Well, that's why she's in it. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Who plays, uh, what is it? McDougal or whatever the hell the guy's name is. The actual. McDuff. Yeah, McDuff. Who plays him? Um, who is it? Corey Hawkins. Who yeah. this dude is, was in Straight Outta Compton. What else was this dude in? He was in something, Six Underground, The Heights, Georgetown, Black Klansman is what I remember him from. Oh. Kong Skull Island. Oh man, who's the guy from uh, Black Klansman? Isaiah uh, Washington, right? What's that's Denzel's son. There you go. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> awesome. This, that, that's another <laughs> one. I mean, it's not only it's just great, Washington offering that, that is like that can hold their own. <laughs> it's, a it's a son. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he was awesome in Black Klansman. Oh yeah, my again, God. and he's gonna be isn't he in? He's in, he's uh, in Tenet, right? Yes. Yeah. So th- Again, man, he's awesome in that too. Greatest black actor of all time. He's and he made another great actor. Like, come on, if that's not the side, like, who's Morgan Freeman's son? <laughs> like, I don't know, Joe. Like, Joe Freeman. I have no idea. Joe. I have no idea what's that. <laughs> yeah, like, not only is he is he giving us one generation of, of of incredible actors, but we already have the 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 beginnings of a true star. And it's again, awesome. you hear nothing but great things about Denzel. Morgan Freeman apparently is a bit of a creep. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, mm, let's that's see. Not good. There's uh, yeah. There's some there's some weird creepy stuff going on here. Oh. Um, 
Health, Property, CNN Denzel's Story. Denzel's just a good dude. Denzel's there you go. On May, two, on May 24th, 2018, CNN reported the results of an investigation during which eight women accused Morgan Freeman of being overly flirtatious by making inappropriate comments on the set of movies while promoting his movies or at his production company. After the CNN story broke, Freeman issued an apology stating, anyone who knows me or has worked with me knows I am not someone who would intentionally offend or knowingly make anyone feel uneasy. I apologize to anyone who felt uncomfortable or disrespected. That was never my intent. Denzel ain't releasing no statement like that. <laughs> That's Denzel doesn't have those problems. So, oh man. Well, yeah. Denzel, so good. So good. You're right. There's actually a podcast that's like Denzel, Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time. And they watch a different Denzel movie every year. Uh, I'd make that argument. I'd make that argument that he's the greatest actor of all time. Yeah. I, he's, Definitely in the running. Tom, I mean, who do you got challenging? Yeah. That's the thing. I can't think of anyone who's going to challenge. I mean, you can go Tom Hanks. You can go with guys like that, right? He, I mean, he mops the floor with Tom Hanks. He's not even close. Yeah. Because yeah, what if Tom Hanks ever played a bad guy in a movie? Well, here's the thing. I've watched, we watched, um, I watched Greyhound. Then I watched John Q. And I was like, man, if, if, if Denzel was in Greyhound, I mean, he wouldn't have been because they didn't have black captains of, of warships. But, you know, if he was, fuck it, do it. At least be two points higher. So here, so I'll quickly go through some names. Robert De Niro. Denzel's better. Al Pacino. Denzel's better. Jack Nicholson. Denzel's definitely better. Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, fuck that guy. Denzel's better. <laughs> Denzel's an actor. Le- <laughs> like, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, that's a tough one. That Yeah. I'd That's still a tough think, one. I he's, still he's think some hits recently in the last ten years. I, he's been on a hell of a run. I think Denzel's better just because of his breadth of work. He's done so much stuff, and we I think like he's got time to catch up. And plus, he also stars a very, very young man. Right? He was on like kid shows. Yeah, and he was. Uh, What's eating Gilbert Grape was like his first one. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I still like think Denzel and like Paul Newman, but like whatever. <laughs> like whatever. It's fine. Overrated. Overrated. Paul. Like Clint Eastwood. Like, ah, he played a cowboy for 40 years. Get out of here. Tom Cruise, Harrison Ford. Um, yeah, but Harrison Ford lost it. Harrison Ford doesn't care. He just kind of lazes yeah. through things now. Gary Oldman. Now, Gary Oldman's a good one, too. Ooh, Gary Gary good one. a good one. That's a very good one. That's Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. That's all you need to do is watch that. The Churchill movie, the Darkest f- Hour, was. I don't know if Denzel can pull, out a, pull off a Darkest Hour like that. You don't think he could play Churchill? <laughs> you know what? I don't even want to give. I mean, he's about to play Macbeth, so who knows, right? Who knows? I want to see that. I want to see Denzel play Churchill. <laughs> Let's see it. Oh man! All right, that's 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 actually a good one. That's an interesting one. Gary Oldman, yeah, that's a good one Gary because Oldman. he's got he's got similar breadth of work. They're around the same age. He's sixty-two. Denzel's got to be 65. sixty-five. Yeah. Denzel 65. Wow, he looks great. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Paul Giamatti. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, compared to Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman's 10 years older than him. Yeah. 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 Get, get Gary Oldman. He's got a, his, his list is, is very good. It's, and he plays good guys, bad guys. He plays, cause that's what you need, right? Fifth like, element, you, man. If you can only play good guys. You can't be the greatest actor of all time. You got to be able to play an evil character. And again, some would say Tropic Thunder for Tom Cruise. Like that, that sort of puts him in that, the fact that he can play something that you don't expect him to play. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, Denzel, like it, has Denzel ever played a, a real antagonist, like a villain role? I know he's played bad guys, day. right? Training, training day, day, right? Yeah, that's well. That's what I was going to say first, but yeah, I suppose so. All right, training day again. Train, training day was like that's his. Someone argued that's his greatest movie of all time. Um, Dude, I'm looking. At I don't this know if list. I, I mean he's got a lot of great movies. He has got a lot of great movies. Banger after banger after banger. And the thing is, like every role I could I could imagine him in that role. I mean, Man on Fire for me. That's a movie I watch over and over. I love that movie. It's great. I wish you had more time. It's great. It's a great movie. Um yeah, but there's like there's some stuff here that's like Hur- so Hurricane subtle. as well. Like again, he had a run of like Hurricane Training Day. I think Man on Fire was a couple years after that. John Q right after Training Day. That was the big yeah, and Ant- Antoine Fisher, he was the therapist. American in that. Gangster, and again, that's a movie that I would say eh, it was okay, but Denzel, like, it was great. <laughs> Denzel Deja, made great. Deja Vu is a good example of a movie that's like, man, this this movie should not be good, but damn, Denzel wearing a Hawaiian shirt just makes it work. I mean, he made the Two Guns movie with Mark Wahlberg, and it was watchable. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> that's another guy who makes a movie watchable, but still not the same, not on the same level. Not the same. That's not a yet. Denzel movie, not a Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> Roman J. Israel Esquire. Yeah, he played Malcolm X. Like, again, you just think you think of his roles, and it's like, come on, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, he's the greatest actor of all time. Yep. I think it's pretty safe to say. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some video games. You want to talk Ghost of Tsushima. Then so what we're gonna do now, we're gonna talk about some games. John's gonna talk about Ghost of Tsushima. Then I'm gonna end the podcast, and then we're gonna keep going to talk about our final Last of Us Two thoughts because we've finished finish the game now. Either. Thanks for listening. So, <laughs> yep. All right. So Ghost of Tsushima, I have it downloaded or it's downloading. We'll see. I went to a Best Buy today to try to buy it. Sold out. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. People are buying it. And ah. uh, so I bought Paper Mario instead. I mean, I was going to buy both. So it wasn't really instead, but I just downloaded it instead. Um, so, yeah, I haven't played it yet. I'm excited to. But tell tell me about it. How is it? So. The best way for me to describe this, and there's some people, some people are going to hate this analogy, because I would argue that the game I'm going to name is actually a better game. Like, like it's it's better game, better story. Breath of the Wild. This is what Breath of the Wild looks like if you put it in like feudal Japan. <laughs> why, would that anno- why would that annoy people? Because some people are like, well, that's not. This is different. Again, like it's there's it's enough an people open out there world action adventure game with a sword. With a sword, and you're fighting again. For me, the best part about this game is the actual battle. Now, again, the battling is tough because it's sort of a like at least the point that I'm at. Like you haven't like, and this isn't really a spoiler, but you sort of g- gain skills as you go. So this is one of those games that I totally see being easier the longer you play it because you just have more of the advanced techniques that help you sort of get through things. Like the, when sure, you first and play, you become more familiar with the combat. So like types, first yeah. time, you're getting your butt whooped. Like, it's not easy. You have to be smarter. Guys gang up on you at once. You have to sort of take multiple guys at the same time. you got to dodge and move out of the way. You can't just sort of be a tank and just take damage. But I see it coming now that I get more tools and things. I'm like, okay, it's getting a little easier, right? I now got, like, sort of, like, these things I can throw. And I got a bow. And I get more and more tools, right? Which is very similar to what Breath of the Wild is. Like, after a while, you get tougher enemies. But then you can sort of go backwards and just chop through people like it's nothing. Um, so the story of this is very simple. You basically play a samurai who is trying to save Japan from the Mongols. Like that's, that's it. That's the plot. 
And there's other things like in there about plot. your uncle and your father and all of this stuff. But this is if this is the last big game of the PS4, for sure. I mean, keep doing this. Like it's it's solid. Like this game is a ton of fun. Um, again, in open world games, I personally am a little tired of. I know that's bad to say, but like, no, right, you're right. It's it's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. There's every game now is pretty much open world game, which is why The Last of Us, you know, sort of plays those people who want a better story. Because again, the story in this is so simple. It's like, hey, the Mongols are here. We need to save our we need to save our home from the Mongols on the last of the samurai. Because that's basically what it is. It's basically the plot of how the game starts. After that, I'm sure there's things that come up that end up going into this ghost of Tsushima thing, which you can just sort of tell like this is gonna end up happening. There's big events yet to happen, so I'm not spoiling it. But if you own a PS4, and you enjoy anything about sort of either sword fighting or about the history of Japan, absolutely buy this game. Absolutely 100% buy this game because it's a ton of fun. It's one of those games where it's like, I like games when they sort of challenge you to be smarter of like, hey, just don't dive in there because you're going to keep dying. You need to find another ways of actually doing this stuff. You got to block, you got to parry, you got to move out of the way. You've got to use the special techniques that allow you to sort of do these sort of one hit combo kills and all of that type of stuff. So look, it's a great game. And it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous game. Like you're you're on a horse and you're going through and there's like leaves and things falling. It's like if you were to paint an ancient Japanese photo, it's like what this game looks like. Like they nailed the look of this the game. Environments it, of the environments that I've seen look absolutely great. incredible. It's great. And again, it doesn't. And again, I'm not a big medieval guy either. Like I didn't play Skyrim. I didn't. I played Dark Souls and Dark Demon Souls and all that stuff. Like you play it, but then you're like, whatever. I don't care about swords and like medieval stuff. But this is basically like medieval Japan, really. But like all of it is a lot of fun. Like the feudal, the, feudal Japan is what you're yeah, feudal. Yeah, the, that's the time that this is covering. It's covering when the Mongols evaded Japan. Um. So yeah, like for me, it's a absolute first day buy. I'm loving it. I'm hoping that I put a ton of. I mean, this is one of those games where there's a ton of side quests. You could ignore the side quest, which will happen eventually, right? Like I'm into it now. I'm going through a little side quest and freeing yeah. villages from the Mongols, and then some come to the point. And go, I don't care about this stuff. Just let me charge to the game. Um, so again, it's open world game. That's what happens with open world games. The, the finding the stuff is cute and novel at first, and you just get tired of it. Um, totally. So yeah. How does it? How does it fit as a follow up to The Last of Us? Um, again, not so much story driven, and it's open world, so you're not so much on rails of going from point A to point B. Well, I'm not. Totally. I'm not talking about gameplay. I'm yeah. thinking like yeah, yeah. more I'm, thematically. I'm, 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 yeah, like dramatically, it's not as dramatic. Like this, like Last of Us, you felt like some real tension. You don't feel tension in this because you kind of feel like, well, as long as I play this smart, I'm pretty much unstoppable. Where The Last of Us, it did feel like this real, like there's there's times in The Last of Us, like, again, you're kind of on rails and you've got to like jump over stuff as things are chasing you. Like that's not really here. And again, it's much more open spaces. It's not like you're inside of little buildings or tunnels or that type of stuff. Like right now, it's all big open countryside and you might get to points where you're actually like, hey, here's a little village or here's, you know, a hot spring or stuff like that. But if again, you're you're in the open world, you're in the again, it's Breath of the Wild, really. Like it's that feeling tonally where you're like, OK, there's this big overarching dramatic thing that's happening. But whatever, I'm going to go over here and kill some pigs or I'm going to go over here and go find this dude and talk to him. This guy who's pretending to be a samurai like you can go do all these weird side quests that don't make it seem as like. We have to get through this thing now because time is of the essence. It's just sort of like, well, I can play this thing for the next. I can go around on my horse for days and, you know, 
the Mongols are still here. <laughs> like, it's not like they win. So it's, yeah. So again, tonally, it's not nearly. You don't know. Serious. You haven't finished the game yet. Uh, yeah. Good point. Um, but I'm enjoying this more. This is less stressful than the last of us. The last of us I found stressful um, for the, the first, you know, the first 15 hours of this, I was on the edge of my seat with this, with that game. Um, where this, uh, you know, I'm kind of relaxing, I'm shooting stuff, I'm messing around, I'm following foxes, I'm doing all sorts of nonsense because it's an open world game. So, yeah, no, I'm very much looking forward to playing this. And I I love Sucker Punch. Like as a studio, they make some amazing, amazing games. Um, I I didn't really jump on with them until like I didn't play Rocket Robot on real wheels, but I played all the Sly Cooper games, love those, played all the infamous games. And, you know, now we got Ghost of Tsushima coming because they they actually released the first major play well one of the first major playstation exclusives with infamous second son and then they did um and now they're ending the generation with uh ghost of tsushima but their open worlds as far as they like the way they've created them never felt overwhelming they always seem to craft a pretty good balance between side quests main games um never really feeling like oh my god there's way too much shit to do at least what they've done and granted things have changed since those games have come out but um, I'm excited because I, although it is an open world game, I'm looking at it as this is a sucker punch game. So I know it's going to feel great. It's going to be fun to play. Like it, more than anything, it's going to just feel like a great game to play. As and, opposed, and that's what and it, it is. Yeah. Like the controls can be a little clunky, but I really personally enjoy the battling mechanics because like there's duels and stuff where you're like just fight facing off against one guy and it's like pairing. It's like trying to put things together to sort of build this really sort of beautiful way of going through the game for me is a lot of fun versus just sort of like, well, I'm going to stand back here and just blast away. Like you sort of have to be smart about what you're doing, which I personally enjoy. But again, I have a feeling. And again, maybe it's just because I'm getting better at it, but I'm getting the feeling of like, well, now I'm chopping through guys a little, a little easier. Like I kind of like that, how hard it was in the beginning. And that's on me. I always, you know, play every game on medium or whatever it is, the the normal hard setting. Sure. Yeah. It is. Um, and some of them, like I had to play over and over. Like, do you want to go to easy mode? And it's like, no, I'm going to figure this out and beat it. And I'm <laughs> yeah. sure that that will eventually wear off where all of a sudden it's like, well, I've got all these tools. I'm basically this unstoppable machine. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Look forward to checking out. Very yep. exciting stuff. All right. Well, until I get to talk about it, we can talk more. We will end this podcast. Let me think here for a second. Try to think about unique ways that you could tell people about this podcast. Hmm. We, we hmm. already did masks. We already did masks. Yeah. You can, you know, we were talking about like those uh, recipes, make pancakes, but here's what you do. All right. The next time you make pancakes, throw, well, first of all, you should make more pancakes just in general. If you're listening to this, make pancakes. They're fun. They're easy. You can be like creative with it. Don't make it from a box, but if you have to, fine. I'm not going to think less of you. I admitted my love of shitty pie earlier, so I will be okay with a pre-mixed batter uh, from Aunt Jemima, rest in peace, or whatever your brand of choice is. Okay. When the batter is done, put it in a bag. Okay. It doesn't have to be a pastry bag, but the premise is to save you. Put it in a bag and then you cut a hole in it in, in the bottom and then you can actually like squeeze out. So you could actually like very easily make shapes and things that you want. And what I want you to do is spell out. He's a broad podcast in pancake batter. Take a picture, 
post it on Instagram. It could be a story. It doesn't have to be a post that stickies forever. You can do whatever you want. But that's what you should do. And then that then people will figure it out. And then you tell them, what's that? You say it's he's a broad podcast. It's very good. Um, you should you should download, subscribe, rate it on iTunes, and uh, and then everybody's very happy. So yeah, do that, right? That's a good plan. He's abroad.com. That's where you could send them if they're curious. All those links to feeds and whatnot, they're all there. Now then, let's spoil The Last of Us Part Two. Now we're you know, we'll basically talk about it, assuming you've finished the game. I'm not going to recap the story here, but yep. this is there's a little bit of overtime here. We both finished it. We both have opinions. And even if you haven't finished it and you're not going to finish it, well, you know, just enjoy this conversation with zero context. So what were your closing thoughts on The Last of Us Part 2? You know, and I, I really want to think that us talking about this last weekend didn't didn't affect my opinion on what was going to happen at the end of this game. Okay. But I got really tired of the story. Like I got fatigue. Basically once Abby finds Owen and the other girl who I just found really annoying, um, his baby mama dead. Oh yeah. And then she takes Mel. Is it? Yeah. Mel. And then the she's character go- in the game. In my opinion, <laughs> Again, she just was, it was just whatever, right? Like, she was just rude. And that was it. And she, and pregnant. That was her, that was her characteristics. I don't like you and I'm pregnant. (laughs) So, Abby takes, and I I always forget the name of the, of the, of her sidekick that you get to the end of this thing because they call her Libby. Oh, Lev. 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 Yeah. So she, again, she, she sort of transitions and makes her name Lev. This is who she is or who he is. Sorry. Excuse me. Um, and this is right. So they're, they're back inside of the whole, like, I think I kind of just got bored of this when you storm the, the theater, right? When you sneak oh, through really? the theater. That's, that's when, when I was, you, that's when you were bored of it. Like at the apparent climax. Well, I got bored of it. Cause I was just like, okay. Like, and again, like, the conflicting part about this is that you, the first game does such a great job about you caring about Joel and Ellie because that is the game. It is a story about those two. And then you're at the point where you're sort of trying to like, it's you versus the character that you built two games worth of connection over or really one and a half game. Cause she's only in half of this game. And just for whatever reason, I was like, okay, like, fine we're gonna chase each other she's setting trap mines on me we're doing all this stuff and then that's the big climactic point right deanna comes in to save her you sort of stop from you stop you know you don't kill deanna you don't kill l you know abby sort of goes on about her business and then l and deanna go home and then it gets to that deanna sorry whatever again again i I just i got the point i was just like tired of it i was like okay cool and i really thought the game was over when they're walking around with this baby and I was like, yep. okay, cool. That's a good way to end the game. Like, we're done. Like, we get it, right? Like, you had the big climactic point. Everyone kind of realizes, like, okay, we don't need to kill each other. Like, we, we, pr- we proved the point. You killed all my friends. I killed the one that you cared were even. And then it just keeps going. Tommy. And Tommy shows up. And then you end up going through, then you go to Santa Barbara. And then you're doing all this stuff with Elle in Santa Barbara to try to find Abby. And then you get to the end of the game. And then, like again, the whole the whole end battle of this thing, I found so dumb. 
I was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why is why is this in this game? So look, this game to me is like 90% of the game I love. Now, again, I think you play as Abby a little too long, just personally. I feel like you could have probably ping-pong off of both of those characters a bit more. Like, again, you could have made a game just with Abby on her own, to be honest. Like, you could have almost released this in part one, part two, as two different games. Um, Which would have been interesting, actually, to release the first part of this game and then a month later release the second part. I was thinking as I was playing, I was like, you could have totally released this as, like, two volumes and see if people would have bought in to the second volume a bit more versus sort of feeling like now you're dragging this through of Abby's life and you're just like, I don't really care about Abby. I can't. Like, again, the game started off with Abby killing the dude that you spent the last, whatever, five years caring about because of how good that first game was. And she kills him with a nine iron. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was there. And you're, just like, and you're like, I don't care about her anymore. Unfortunately, you hit that emotional trigger that, yes, her story is interesting. Yes, it's a compelling way to tell a story. But you want me to feel bad for her? Like, I don't feel bad for her. She killed the dude in the most brutal way you could possibly think of. It wasn't like she shot him. The dude ha- saves her at the beginning of the game. Then she kills him with a nine iron. Yeah, well, killed her dead. But again, I have no connection with her dad. Her dad in the first game was a nondescript. It was sort of this shoehorned thing. Here's the doctor. And it's like, wait, there's a doctor? Oh, yeah, the guy that I killed that was just kind of in the corner to save L. Again, just, yeah, this that's where it lost me because I was just like, okay. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired. Like, it's a big climactic part. I don't really care who lives and who dies at this point. I think like, they've both done awful things and then they're not going to kill each other. Like, someone's got to die, right? Like, Abby's got to die. Her story should be this game, and then she should die, and that's it. And it doesn't happen. And so for me, again, like, I, I see why people are upset about this game. I get it. Um, that's not why. I don't think that's why they're upset about the I mean, there's of, that's, that's a big part of it, of, like, why didn't she kill her in the end? Like, do, what are your thoughts on that, of, like, how this game ended? Um, I... It, it was just like one of those things that I think it was intentional. I didn't mind. I actually liked that they didn't kill each other because by the end of the game, it was, I did not like, I did not like Ellie and I did not like, and I actually liked Abby more than Ellie by the end of the game. And the, the way it ended as a means of like, Oh, finally. Cause it was like the only way to redeem Ellie was her to not kill Abby because it was, she was just like reprehensible the entire game up until How's, that point. Explain that to me. How so? Like, like what moment sort of made her more reprehensible than Abby? Uh, just because everything, everything she did was just so selfish, and she knows why. Like, once you have the revelation that she knew what Joel did in the hospital and why he was killed by Abby. It's like, okay, well now you, now you kind of get it. But then the real reason, the whole reason she went on this thing was not because he was killed. She went on this quest because she didn't have, she didn't have, she was robbed of the opportunity to forgive him. That was the problem. And everything she did put all of her friends in danger. She gets she gets Jesse killed. She gets um, she just kills a ton of people mercilessly. And and even like at the end, the way she kills Mel and um, and Owen at the end. And then she's finally like, okay, right, this is too much. But she just but the final nail in the coffin, which is like 
you leave the farm and you go on this whole thing. And all I'm thinking is, I don't want to do this. I didn't That's want to all, do again, that I because this is, this is awful yeah. for the character because, again, it's selfish. It's it's terrible. So the real ending for me where I would have been like, hey, you know what would have been great? What would have been a better ending? If they just walked off and she just left. She's like, all right. Yeah, I, I came here to kill you. Actually, this is this is too much. I'm out. Well, again, again, and I don't know. I, I but you had about, to have this kind yeah. of um, true grit ending where, you know, she loses her finger so she can't play guitar. Which is gross, but yeah, because Abby it, bit her fingers off. But you have the scars. It's like that. That's just the more revenge things that happen. But you know, I was I was happy well, they well, walked away. There's a cost to like her. It was like she's going to kill a child. Oh yeah, I'm going to yeah, kill this her, child instead. Yeah, her, her it's blind. Like, well, that's the part that I kind of laughed when she was like, "Don't kill her. She's pregnant." And I was sort of expecting Abby to go. Well, that didn't stop you from killing my friend. Well, she it? said good. Her reaction was good. Well, she said good, but then she didn't sort of make sure that Elle also knew, well, you were doing the same stuff, right? She already so like, knew. I, she already knew. Of course she knew. But look, now again, the, this is part of my this is, this is this is part of my problem with the story, right? It's because it's sort of supposed to, and again, this is why I liked it in the beginning and why this started to fall off the rails of, of it, because again, this is a this is a human story, right? Everyone's flawed. And it's really like sort of the, the Walking Dead when it was still good, as in like, hey, the real disease is not the zombies; it's the humans who are who are left. It's the ones who haven't gone yet who are the real disease. Every single one of them is flawed, heavily flawed. They're all making awful decisions. They're killing each other. They can't just band together and try to build a better world. Everyone's got their little factions, and everyone's doing this in the name of religion. Or the name of, you know, prosperity or the name of, hey, like our way of doing this is better, which is pretty much what the game is. It's saying my way of trying to get revenge and feeling better is doing this. It's bringing my friend along and putting her in danger and all of these things with it's if it's Ellie. It's Abby on the other side going like, well, everything I did was justified because, you know, my dad was trying to save the world and he stopped them from doing that. Right. So it's like all of that stuff. Everyone had their own justifications for what they're doing. But the problem with Abby is that Abby, again, like Abby's story is sort of this redemption story of what they're trying to build. They're trying to build this redemption story that to me, you can't build with the way that she killed that dude. Like you can't build this story of redemption where she ends up realizing, well, there is no, oh, my side's not right. These are just two kids. And it's sort of, again, this is what, this is what I'm conflicted on. I'm just being like, you made it so much conflict that eventually I had to stop caring about it because I go, well, now this is ridiculous. None of them are redeemable. They're all awful. They're all killing everybody. Why do I care who lives and who dies? I don't care about this story anymore. And yeah. sadly, they didn't make Abby redeemable enough, even at the end where she's sort of on this cross, she's emaciated, and Elle sort of saves her just so she can fight her, which I'm just like, that's dumb. Like, if I traveled all this way, I'm going to sit, I'm like, oh, great, this makes it easier for me. I'm but I don't think she was going you. to. That was the thing. She wasn't, she wasn't going to fight her until she got that, met, until she got that another PTSD hit. Where she yeah, but again, this is, this is just why it's so ridiculous, shit. because they've gone on, like, these fits of rage that don't really, that, like, again, like, it's got no rationale to it, but it's a lot of work, right? It's a lot of work that you, the gamer, has to do, where you're just like, right. why are we doing this? Like, why are you putting me through this to tell her story that I'm now saying is ridiculous? <laughs> she she pretty much got her chance of revenge. She killed all of her friends. And then she still, she throws away her life to go back. Why? Why? Why would she possibly do that? 
I, I that's the thing. That's why you don't I don't know. like that's why yes. I don't like Ellie as a character in this. But I think that you know, you say, oh, it's so bad because she killed Joel. What I did think was interesting is how they presented it. Cause I they they basically, if Ellie finished her journey, it would have started where um Abby's it would have ended where Abby's begins, which is okay, we've done the thing. Now we move on because I did the thing, right? Like Abby wanted to just kill the guy who killed her dad. She did it. She didn't kill a whole bunch of other people. Hell, she let Ellie and Tommy live and they just moved on. And she's like, okay, so these are the things that happened after I did the revenge. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm not thinking about this kind of wrecking ball that's going to come through and just destroy everything. And that was actually one of the most interesting parts of the game that I wish they did more. And actually like, cause that's one of the cool things they could have done with gameplay, um, which you get a small hint of in that scene with Manny where Manny dies, where it's like, who's this guy? It's like, Oh, I don't know. He's a sniper. But I, I love the idea of exploring this, um, this thing where I'm doing something and completely unrelated, there's a guy who's just wreaking havoc because of some shit. Like being on the other side, like thinking about Ellie going through and just like murdering everybody, like everybody in the WLF and all these other things. And they're just like, well, that has nothing to do with me. But you just have this kind of wrecking ball going through these things. Like, why is this happening? And it's just like, well, not everything revolves around you per se. There's just this another force that's going through and could just be fucking with your objectives just because of these things. Like I thought the it would be a lot more woven together where you're finding Nora, you're finding these people, you're finding all these other things, like kind of picking up the pieces after left behind, but you don't necessarily. You only really intersect once with uh with Tommy and Manny, and that's it. But I thought it would be really interesting. And you do get a little bit of that with um what you're actually doing the raid when the raid on the um, on the scars are going on the seraphites and I thought that was a really awesome set piece. It was well, just all so of, cool. all of the Haven stuff was great. Like I yeah. again, like that's the what fact I was you still have this awesome yeah, battle going on around you, and you could just sneak around and not. And have you're just trying to get through it. Fight. Like you're, yeah. and again, this is the problem that I have with it because they tried to make Abby redeemable. They tried. Like the people writing this game tried to basically go. Her worst act is in the very beginning. You're gonna know her from and her it's exactly worst the same the thing that you're trying to do. That's the whole point. Yeah. So I, for me, I was like, yeah, I get it. I, I'm, I'm bummed. And, and that that's Joel's my problem. Dead, like, but Joel was not a good it. dude, and it makes no. sense. But again, I just, I think the way that you do that, especially for someone who's supposed to be this soldier, who's supposed to act in this very, you know, when you first meet her, when she's back at their base. That's what she's known for. She's a very skilled soldier. She's trained for the last five years or whatever it is since that first event, right? She's level-headed. She's doing things objectively. She's following orders. And then you just get the very first thing you learn about her is, again, like it's the most brutal way you could have done this. It is. It's absolutely brutal. Yeah. And to me, it's like it's hard for you to try to then try to pull me along to go, no, 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 you should care about her. No, no, no. She's she's actually good. And you're just like, no, I, I don't care. Like she need like the you don't like you can be as revengeful as you want to be. The way that you started this game was so horrific. It's all it's one of the worst things it, I've ever I've ever watched in a video game, dude. Like that's awful. bad. Yeah, it's real bad. It's all what it's absolutely what if they awful. did it the other way around? What if they started the game as Abby in Seattle day one, and then you find the map 
and it it actually that, reverts again, to Ellie. That would have been more again, like there's context to it. Like if you would have started the game, if you would have basically said this game is about Abby and Joel and El- Ellie are side pieces to it, but the story really is about here's what Joel's consequences actually bred. Like his consequences of saving one life in the, you know, in the, you know, out of, outside of the lives of millions or whoever is left, right? Whatever that number is, right? He made a sacrifice to save one person over the good of humanity. Mm-hmm. That's what the first what the first game is about. If you would have started that at basically being like, here's the consequences of your actions, of you have bred this other monster who is now going to go through this path and has their own story to tell, I think that would have made a much better game because you would have been able to connect with Abby more. Instead, you started this game with Joel and Ellie and, hey, yeah, he made the right decision. This is how we're going. And then you just sort of go through this and then you're going to try to force, you're going to spoon feed me why I should care about the decision that Abby made. And I just simply don't. I just simply don't. You put too good of an image of how awful this person is and you can't undo that. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think storytelling wise, if you would have started with Abby... And started with this, hey, you know, who is this mysterious person that we're playing as? I don't really know who this is. And you sort of go through your way. Of, and again, they tried to do that a bit, right? They tried to do it in the beginning because at first you play as you play as Ellie and then you sort of switch over to this unknown character where you sort of get the first real big moments of the game where you actually end up running into Joel and he saves you and does all that stuff. If you would have started the game with a bit more of trying to track that down, a bit more of map, you don't know who this person is. You don't know her name. You're just playing as this unknown person. At the beginning of the game. But you could start that, that as been... a like your flashbacks. Like I would imagine a different scenario where you'd start as you know, you start I don't remember the first like day one what that was, like when you got back from that. So literally you start it right after he she kills Joel, but you don't show that she kills Joel. And you basically do your whole story with Lev. You have your flashbacks and you're kind of teasing that she was a former Firefly. You're like, okay, got it. And then it ends with the same way that the first Ellie section ends with her fighting, like shooting this guy and holding Tommy at gunpoint and all the, and the reveal that, Oh shit, it was, why did Ellie just kill all these people? Yeah. And then you go back to the beginning and you basically have the whole Ellie section. Cause then it would be continuous where even after she lets her go, you can then you would, then, I mean, the boss fight at the end is obviously kind of thrown for a loop, but you know, when you, when it's Abby versus Ellie. So I don't, I'm not disappointed the way they did it. I think it, at the, in the end, it worked for me. Like I actually, what started off because of, but that was because I didn't like Ellie. And I think I might be in the minority here just because of all the shit well, again, that Ellie does. But, 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 but think about it though. Like you have, and this is part of the problem, right? Your first game did such a great job of two things, world building and character building. That's what makes the first game really great. You build this world and this environment of sort of zombies, but not zombies. And then you have two characters that you put 25 plus hours into building those two characters, right? So I've got 25 hours of history about Joel and Ellie, about their, you know, their journeys together and everything that we've done in order to sort of do this. And he made a choice because he fell in love with this girl. Like he fell in love with her as if it was his own child, right? His decisions were driven because he lost his daughter. And so this, this girl became his daughter, right? Which is a story everyone can relate to. Everyone can relate to that. Hey, at first it was just a job. I mean, there's millions of stories like this. At first it was just a job. And then it turned into, well, this isn't just a job. This is basically, this is my daughter. She's become my daughter. They didn't do any of that in this game as far as I'm concerned. They didn't do that same – the world was there, right? The world was built. And they didn't do enough character building 
for me to either try to try to make Ellie's actions justifiable because like you said she does awful things her character is not justifiable it's very complicated but you don't ever justify her actions all of her actions are extremely selfish and like she's learned nothing through any of this she got she basically got given a second chance of life and she's thrown it away that's what the story is she threw away her second chance by one basically not able to not being able to forgive Joel two by leaving this new life with Deanna or whatever the hell her name is Dina Dina <laughs> With her and this new kid, and she's actually like now she's physically deformed and less able to to sort of live in this new world that she's gonna be by herself in. She's now on her own. She threw away everything. So you can't redeem her. Her character's unredeemable as far as I'm concerned. And then you have this other sort of agent of chaos that comes in that you don't even really try to build. You try to build around it, but it takes too long. You take 15 hours to explain Abby's story to me. And the whole thing in my head, I'm still thinking, she's a dude that killed that dude with a nine iron. There's not enough sob story you can tell me that does not make her a monster. See, again, you can't. You killed a dude with a golf club. Like, you, you're you not redeemable. What if she just shot Like, him? you didn't you didn't torture him. You didn't try to get information out of him. You stood over him as as you made somebody else beat watch. Beat the shit out of him. Yeah. You, you beat him up, and then you made that girl watch you kill him with a nine iron. Like, that's, come on. Like, you can't redeem that through 15 hours of storytelling when you basically, that's my introduction to her, is that she's a survivor and she's an absolutely horrible human being. And then you expect for me to sort of feel sorry for her at the end? I'm like, nah, you should have died. Like, look, I understand you had your reasons. Joe didn't kill your dad with the golf club like that. He didn't do, your dad was just in the way. In the first game, I believe you just kind of shoot some nondescript doctor that eventually becomes this dude. But... That's my point. It's not like he sat over the doctor with a golf club. But if you don't shoot you him, walk. if you don't shoot him, he kills you. Like I actually, because uh, I tried that. I tried yeah, to so not getting, kill the doctor. Yeah, like that's kind of the point. Like again, like it's just not like Joel did it. Not so. Ca- and again, I know that she doesn't see it. She's young, et cetera, et cetera. But like the the ca- the careless, this the pure callous and hatred of it, of sitting over this dude with a golf club. Like I'm sorry. Like again, but that that again, like they make that such a point in the game. I don't think I'm overstating how important that's the point. it is. That's very that's the point. That, that was intentional. It was definitely an intentional decision. It was intentional, but to me, you didn't build enough redemption. 15 hours of gameplay. I was just like, all right, when do I get to kill her? <laughs> it's like when do I finally get to get my revenge of having to watch that mess? Because you're playing as Ellie. Like you go through the game, starting thinking this is this is her game. I'm playing her side of this story. And really, it's not. And so that's when you, but that that's kind of the point, right? It's meant to be like, all right. Once you have that understanding, you're like, okay, she got hers. Now I want to get mine, and then someone else would get theirs, and then Lev would probably kill you, and then it just keeps going. So it's just the only way to break the cycle. Because I just, I just think that they kind of, they kind of ruined, they kind of blew up this world, Um, which is interesting because I would argue that I don't want to see a third game. That I'm I don't want to see a third like, game, but for other reasons. Like, what are we, your reasons for why you don't want to see a third game? Well, no. All right. Let me put it this way. I don't. If there is a third game, I don't know if I'd play it more so than I don't know if it's um, if they shouldn't make it. Like, I respect everything this game did. And I and I actually did Absolutely. enjoy the gameplay. I so thought the I. production yep. values were outstanding. The acting was great. Um, and. By the end of it, I was along for the ride and did enjoy the the story. Even though I really still did not like Ellie, I actually, despite originally being like, "Yeah, I don't like either of these people," I did actually end up liking Abby. 
um, by the end of it. So the, but it's just like, we're at the point now. And I was talking about this a little bit when we did the first uh, like thoughts on it was we're at the point now where these games are so graphic that it's the same reason I can't watch horror movies is because it's just so gross. And it, and it really like part of it is the way they killed Joel, which was so graphic and nasty, like you said. And that was the point. But also like that boss fight at the end when you fight that that dude with the pickaxe, I think it was, and you like slice his face open his and it's just like kind of hanging down while he's still attacking you. What? Why are you still attacking somebody at that point? Is it because you know you're going to die and you have nothing else to do? But like what what is happening plus your whole city's on fire like fucking leave but it was so gross and so nasty and then like biting off the fingers and all that stuff like oh my god like they're only gonna go harder on the violence in a part three because then you have more horsepower to go more graphic and it's just it's too much it's it's so much and i think about like i right before this i played doom like i played the new doom game doom eternal that game was very violent, but it was so cartoonish and silly and over the top that I was like, all right, whatever. But this was just like, it looks like real people. And it's just like really nasty. Even the, when they shoot Joel and you in the in the leg and you see like the exposed bone and all this, I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is fucked up. Like, this, I, I am not into this. Um, so let me. Put it this way. So that, that that's in, my issue. That's my trouble. Like. This game was fun to play, but it wasn't fun to play, right? Does that sound about accurate? Like it was fun to play from like if you just sort of remove like the mechanics and the journey, like right? It was it was a great experience. It was fun like, to play. The gameplay in a vacuum, yeah. The game is fun, but the um, it's not a fun game at all. It's not fun like, to it's watch. Not- it's the characters that you're controlling. The motivations suck away the uh, the enjoyment of the game yeah where it's like it's not even it doesn't even have some of the points of levity in a way and again i'm i'm with you and again i i, I tend to be able to handle like graphic stuff is fine because i see it as an art form but i think there are certain things in this game that just were sort of there for the shock value of it which is always to me it takes away from the art of what you're trying to build like there were too many things in this game like again the first game was graphic the first game had a ton of blood and stuff in it but even just with some of the sex stuff in this game as well, it was just graphic for the sake of being graphic, of showing you that these are just, this is human nature, right? Like, it's some of that nonsense. It's just like humans are awful by nature and it's animalistic and all of these other things of, you know, we're controlled by our worst impulses and our worst instincts. Mm-hmm. And I just got tired of it. I was just like, okay, whatever. I mean, <laughs> there is one part of this game that I laughed hysterically, though, is when, toward the end, when you're in Santa Barbara, and that big dude punches Lev in the face is hilarious because he just comes out of nowhere and just like <laughs> just sucker punches this kid. And it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure I remember that part when the rattlers punch him. Yeah. Yeah. But look, man, I don't it's funny because, like, again, I think I respect this game for obviously the work that's put into it. Right. Like just from a pure like. This is an awesome game. You guys did a great job at making this game, continuing this world. I just felt that like you're trying to shoehorn a bunch of stuff in there when really it's like some of the best stories are told when they're simple. And it's like, here's the goal. Two people trying to trying to avenge the death of their father or father figure. Right? Like at the core of it, that's what it is. And there's so many roundabout loops and hoops and turns and explanations of it that eventually you just get fatigued by it. And that's what happened at the end. Like going through Santa Barbara was a chore. I actually ran through Santa Barbara more 
then like I had to stop looking for stuff. I stopped trying to kill. Like, I think there's a whole part in Santa Barbara when you're playing as Ellie that I just completely ran through. I was like, screw it. Like, I don't yeah, like I did. I, I played a lot more action oriented yeah. than I was uh, just like, whatever. Like, I'm running through this thing. Yep, these things are clicking to me. Get off me. I'll kill you, but I'm going to keep running. I'm going to keep. Sprinting. I did like the chained, um, the chained infected. That was a cool set cool piece that they yeah. added. Because if you were, you could like stealth behind, release them, and they go attack everybody. So I did that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, but again, this is kind of the like the it just got to the point where you just you're just tired. So yeah, if there's a third game, I almost kind of hope that they just kind of like put it in the same environment, but go back to that character building that you're really good at. Give me new people. Give me people that maybe have some connection to uh, maybe ma- make L aside. Like put it thirty years in the future, right? If like, they do another me- one, I don't I don't I, know they'd go back to Ellie. I don't know why if they do. They, they've got to make her. They've got to. They've got to age her by twenty years. You've got to make her this griddle, almost like this griddle, this, you know, this, this grizzled veteran who's Griddled's? been around. She was on the griddle. <laughs> she was on the griddle. Maybe, maybe make it about the kid, Dina's kid, like something. Like, you just got to give me something else that doesn't, like, sure, the pain and the stuff is there. But it's just, I don't want to have to keep tapping into this. Because, again, Ellie, she really messed up. Like, and she knows that she messed up. Especially then she's trying to play guitar. And you kind of need all five of your fingers to play guitar. And now yeah. she's got three. Yep, and she threw her life away for revenge that she didn't even take. Yeah, you know what's interesting about the uh, the house? Again, it goes back to what I was talking about. Uh, you know, first time we talked in the that scene in the synagogue, they actually have uh, mezuzahs on the doors. Like the attention to detail in the game is outstanding, That's and that was great. one of the things that I said. Oh, I wonder. Hmm? It's a great game. It's a great yeah. game. Like it's, it's it's probably one of the more well crafted again it's more it's better crafted than ghost of tsushima which we talked about earlier like just for like the attention to detail again that's what naughty dog does like that's their specialty right like they build stories that's what they and do i now. just felt like yeah since story, uncharted yeah again i just felt like the story for is great they've done great stories and then they just put a bit too much in here like it's too much of a meal and it's again maybe it's you're supposed to play it slower but again i took a break from this thing because i was sort of planning like yeah okay let me just go ahead and beat it let me beat it so we can talk about it and then i'm playing through and i'm just like oh my god this is still going on like the haven stuff like yeah this is awesome oh god really i gotta go kill more zombies i'm done killing zombies just let me just tell me the story and that's kind of that was was, that's how i felt at the end of it i just didn't want to play anymore um you know, so, you yeah, check out afterwards as well if you want something more whimsical and also like some crazy high production values. I think it's worth playing for the spectacle alone. Is just is Final Fantasy VII remake? Yeah, for sure. Yep, I'd be interested to see what you think about that one. It's, yeah, and again, like it just storytelling. It's it's tough in games. It's tough. Yeah, and I absolutely. Think that- I think the first one did such a, and again, it's because the story, and again, I think when you try to get too complicated with games, there's something why watching something is more fun than playing it. And I felt that way with this, where it's like, it got to a point, I just kind of wanted to watch the end. See, that's I the opposite for me. I didn't, I, what, like I said, watching stuff was always more tense than playing stuff. I the, the gameplay was great. But again, every time I watch something, I'm like, oh, this character is going to do something I hate and something gross is going to happen. And usually it did. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, it was well well acted. I, I did enjoy the game. Um, I can I could recommend it if you're into that kind of style of gameplay. Absolutely, and, I, I recommend it. But it's one of those things where I go, if you don't have any context of the first one, I would definitely play the first one. If you have, oh, absolutely, you have to play the first one yeah. first. You can't call something part two and, and not play part not play part one. 
that's not how it works. But for me, this is one of those things where I go, yeah, when the PS5 comes out, and if you're like me and you're a little slow to get new consoles, pick this one up. Like when it's on sale, you can get it for like 30 bucks after you play the first one. Like get it to where you can get sort of the collectors of both of them together for 60 bucks and then play that one. But yeah, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, this already looks outstanding, so I don't think. Yeah, it looks good. It looks great. But I'm saying for people who are like, oh, should I buy it? Or do I need to buy it right away? I'm like, no, nah, not really. Mm, yeah. But after playing through it, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. But, it's but if, not you're, like if you, you have interest, you will probably, it's a tough game to not get spoiled. It now if you have if you have interest. Like you're probably already yeah. playing it. Yeah, sure. Because um, it's a tough no. game to not get spoiled by. Yeah. And again, I wasn't even really spoiled by it, to be honest. Like I wasn't, like I, I kind of knew what, you know, I knew that people were unhappy with the ending, but I didn't see that happening. Whereas you're sort of fighting, and you know, it's funny because they sort of like shrunk Abby down to make it a fair fight between her and <laughs> Ellie. Because before it wouldn't have been. Abby was Abby yeah. was punching people in the face, and now it's like, okay, well, she obviously lost all of her muscle mass in what four or five. I mean, how long ago was that? That's like maybe a year at the most timeline. Yeah, probably I don't know. That. Yeah, yeah, probably because the baby was born, and then like 10 months right like kid couldn't walk but the kid was obviously old enough to sort of sign and point at stuff so i'd say between eight and ten months and then she was pregnant she was maybe 12 weeks long pregnant at the time so you at least maybe give it two years year and a half at the least yeah i think it was about a year it had to be about a year yeah i don't but- know if you again abby just she again like and she was only held captive for what four months pretty- yeah, a few months, but damn, man, like that was that was some messed up shit. Like when you pick her up, it was like, oh my god. Yeah, you're like, wow. Which you also, are which also gives you a good reason why she was like, like that. That gives more credence yeah. to the character design itself. Well, it's funny because they keep sort of hinting at the fact of like, yeah, yeah, Abby's huge. Like, yeah, yeah, no, she's supposed to be this way. Like they keep trying to tell you this because I think they know, like, it's a little ridiculous. Like Abby is a tank. Like she is straight up tank of of this game, yeah. but you like, needed well, that because when yeah, you pull but, her down from that thing, it's like holy shit. Yeah, you're just like, okay, she's like this shows you that like, well, no, she's human too. She's been there for a while, and it yeah. it was awful. I was like, oh my yeah. god, like yeah, it, but it, it was nuts. for whatever reason, it's just you're just watching this at the end, and then you realize that the that's the title screen of this game is like kind of the end where the boats yeah. are tied up on the dock. Like that's she makes like a, it to. Uh, she makes it to Catalina, though, so you get a bit of a happy ending for Abby and Lev. Yeah, but again, I don't want to play with any of those characters anymore. Like, right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I would have a happy you. ending. You, there, here's the best way to look at it. Abby and Lev made it to, Catal- uh, to Catalina Island, which is where that boat was, so they clearly yeah. did. And they live happily ever after. And Ellie leaves the farmhouse and goes looking for uh, Dina. Dina forgives her, and they live happily ever after and raise that child. Yeah. There you go. That's that's how I want to see the ending. That's definitely not what happens for her. But, you know, one could hope one could hope. Now, question before we get off this thing. What do you think Naughty Dog does next? Something entirely different. New IP. I think so, too. Yeah, I hope so. I'd actually like to see them do something completely off the rails and different than we've seen before. So would I. I think I, and I, and I think you, that I if would, you're yeah. if you're working on something this dark for a while, like you want to do something that's more fun. And since they probably don't want to do another Uncharted game, I've heard rumors that there's another one being made by a different studio, which is probably true. Um, just from like podcasts and anecdotal things that people say. Um, so if that's the case, then they, um, 
then un- they won't go back to Uncharted, but they'll want to do something that's not this, but in that same kind of fun style. That'll be cool. It's funny because I would almost like to see them go back to sort of Jack where they action. started. Yeah. Like, because they made Crash Bandicoot games as well, right? Yeah, but Activision has that. Right. But, that, that's, but that's what I mean. Like, go back to your roots and just make something that's really fun to play. Like, you've got the tools, you've got the engine, you're able to do this stuff, put a bit of story into it. But they've been sort of doing these really story-driven games since, I mean, it's almost been 15 years, right? Since Uncharted, since the first Uncharted was at least. I was in yeah. college when that game came out. Um, I'd rather see them. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I, what I really want them to do is whatever they want, because when they when they do that, it really it really gets the job done. And I think at this point, they have carte blanche to do whatever they want. So they oh, absolutely. Will. I mean, they, they, they print money at this point. They're fine. I don't. Yeah. I I don't I'd rather see something completely different. Like uh, that's what I'd really like to see is do something that we haven't seen before. Give us a new IP, give us some new mechanics, play with some cool stuff. Like give us give us the next uncharted game. Like don't cuz obviously they did with The Last of Us, that was a departure from Uncharted, but I want to see what the next level of Naughty Dog is, like how they went from Jack and Daxter to Uncharted. You know, Last of Us is a lot closer to Uncharted than Uncharted was Absolutely. to Jack and yep. Daxter. So I want to see what's what's the next stage. Like, how can you push this further and do something more, even even more interesting and different? Because when it comes to games like Jack and Daxter, and like I love that Insomniac is still making Ratchet and Clank games. That's awesome. Yeah, sure. And they're so that, yeah, good. that's and they're gonna that's what keep they're doing good at, being yeah. good. And Rift and and Rift Apart looks like it's gonna be amazing and it will be amazing because that's just what they do right but you know when i see a company like sanzaru make sly 4 and that's as good if not better than sly 3 not as good as sly 2 of course but i was like okay there are there are those developers that have the competency that can make something in the template of a game that's done before so when i hear something like oh maybe Maybe they should go back and do another Jack and Daxter game. I love Jack and Daxter and I would love to see what they would do. But I also know that I would sooner see Sanzaro, who is actually owned by Facebook now, making strictly Oculus Quest games now. So that's not going to be a thing. But um, give me a or a Toys for Bob owned by Activision. So I probably wouldn't do that either. But give it give it to somebody like them. There are these developers that have that competency to do something with it that I'd rather see Naughty Dog just go you know, show me the next level, show me the next thing that, that you guys can do that really sets a tone for the generation the same way that Uncharted did for PS4, for PS3. That would be awesome. Yeah, again, I, I agree with you because I don't want another Uncharted. Like to me, I, I think it's just, we're done. Like it's good. Like where you ended it is good. Um, Last of Us for me, I'm done. Like we don't need a third one. It's, it's over. We ended it. We're, you know, I'm good with the story that you gave. Um, It's going to be this new IP and I hope it's a new IP and again, something different or, you know what, maybe I hope that they just go back to just give me a new world. Give me a simpler story. Give me something that where you build characters, you do what you do best at this point. Since 2007, you've been building really great characters. Even earlier, Jack and Daxter, Jack and Daxter was a cool world. I like, I, I played all those games. I didn't play Jack X, but I played all the other ones, even the one on PSP. And those are fun worlds, fun characters. And you know, they, they've been doing, they've been excelling at this from the jump. And they can look, like you said, they can do what they want. Sony, Sony will let them do what they want. So for me, build a new IP, 
you know, maybe come back to maybe if you really come up with a great Last of Us thing or just whatever, right? You can come up with other ideas for this. But for me, it's just like put down this, these two stories. And again, I would be, I would love to see them do something. I'm, I just think of color wise, right? Like go into it fully artistic the same way that Ghost of Tsushima. And again, I know a lot of people are doing this, which is hard because there's a lot of companies making great, really artistic. Well, you remember the cards, the cards that you collect as Ellie. People yeah. are saying, "Oh, maybe that's teasing their next game. Like they'll make it." That'd game be cool. They make characters. a superhero game, that would right? Because it was all superhero based. That'd yeah, be awesome. Give me, give me that. But they they obviously won't confirm that. And they said that's not the case. But you never know, right? Like you put all that time into writing. Yeah, those to me, things. that's different, right? Like real world superheroes again. Maybe not open world. I'm cool if you put it on rails a bit, where you make me sort of go through your story. But that'd be very interesting. Like superheroes, you can go lots of direct. I mean, we've seen how many superhero TV shows we have where they're all different premises, like whether it's Chronicle like or whether it's more Marvel stuff. Like you've got a lot of room to play there. Yeah, that'd be cool. That stuff reminded me of like the Incredibles. So if you imagine if they made a game that was based like Naughty Dog's take on the Incredibles, that would be like it or the, the Incredibles like world before the first movie where there's superheroes everywhere and crazy things. Like, come on, give me, I'll, I'll be down for that. Just give me some, something zany. Give me something that I've never seen before. That's all I ask. Is that so much to ask for? Is it? Yeah. Show me something new. Just make something new. Yeah, look, man, it's an exciting time for video games because a lot of a lot of people are they're making great games. And look, Last of Us 2 is a great game. It just it just wasn't fun to play in the end, which is okay, right? Like you I got my money's worth of that game. I don't feel I would have bought I'll buy it again if I'm in the same position. I would have bought it again. Lord um, gave me but, a second yeah. chance. I'd do it all over again. Yeah, I, I, I just, I just got said. fatigued from it. Looking at again, is it new? A lot of games I get, I personally get fatigued. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like Ghost of Tsushima, I'm probably going to get fatigued of this game at some point. I'm going to play it for 20 hours. I'm going to go, Ugh. okay. Look, even though I beat Persona, Persona at times, I was like, yeah, this game is great. But man, I've put a lot of hours into this thing. You didn't finish Persona hours. Five. You didn't finish. And it's, I never finish it. Never again. I still need to because that's just me personally. What a game. And again, but that game, though, I'd happily go back to because, like, that story is a lot of fun. Yeah. And sure, there's some dark stuff in there as well, but this is a lot of fun characters and good character building. And I get through this world. It's a lot of cool stuff, but you get fatigued by it. And Last of Us, I got fatigued by it, and the story just wasn't, it wasn't enough for me. It wasn't enough. Yeah, the only Persona game that's actually, like, really has, is truly, has really dark moments is Persona 3. And that kind of set yeah, the said tone for what the franchise became. You said that to me multiple times. That it's like that game is definitely a lot darker in spirit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Still great. I mean, the way you summon Persona games is you shoot yourself in the head. So yeah. that uh, that's how they do it. But you know what? We're not talking about Persona 3. We're talking about Last nope. of Us. And I think I think we're done. What do you think? Yep. I think so too. Cool. Thanks for listening. Take it this far. See you next week.